<laughs> that was perfect. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of our uh, quarantine cast series, uh, Fickner Podcast number 193. Well, go. Don't do it no. here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, <laughs> I I am Brandon McClure. Uh The person who needs to take a dump apparently is Ryan Eliopoulos. It's me, I'm the dumper. <laughs> uh, I'm joined as well as with Sparks Witty. Hey, hey. And Ben Magnet. I had something, but no, nope. Uh-uh. <laughs> it's gone. Well, there. Are, I cannot tell you how many times I've had something, either something somewhat witty or somewhat funny to say, and then Ryan just swoops in and takes. I'm like. Like here's my sails, and the wind is now gone. So it just plopped out of your brain. You're saying you just let it excavate just straight from the bowels, just left your body. I'm done. Got, I'm you done. got nothing. You're, you're shit out of luck. Yeah. How about I go first for my week? Yeah, do that. <laughs> what did you do this week, Brandon? Well, actually, I want to go first because I have an announcement to make. Um, I mentioned before that uh, we had some something cooking with my girlfriend's company, Crafted by Z. She makes these masks right now, which is a great cause. Uh, right now, she is making masks. Uh, she's actually almost out of elastic. We're going to discuss about what we're going to do with that afterwards. But for every mask that you buy from her shop, she will match and donate. Uh, so we have partnered with them to make these awesome fake nerd podcast masks. Yeah, baby. That's us. Those are really cool. I have a quick question. Weren't we talking about having masks on the tea site? Is that so, true? I'm, so, I'm about to, so I'm about to bring that up. Um, okay. Yes, we do have masks on T Public. I have activated Mithelaneous, um, the the black and white Mithelaneous. And don't be a dick. I just kind of thought that was funny having a giant Ben magnet saying, "Don't be a dick on your mouth." Um, I'll, I'll wear it. I will totally wear it. I go outside if someone's like bitches and moans about wearing a mask. I'll just wear my "Don't be a dick" mask. And of course, Fake Nerd Podcast. Uh, I've activated those four masks. You can buy those. Uh, the difference with these are is personally, I prefer the checkered pattern to just the giant pattern. There's just a giant logo in the center of them. Um, that's why we partnered with uh, with her to do these. Also, she's my girlfriend and whatever. Um, <laughs> these are going to be available on her shop uh, for about, I think we're talking about $12. I'll link it below. I'll link her shop below in the description below. So. Excellent. Definitely want to check those guys out. Hey guys, look, places places might be opening up, but you know, masks are going to be needed for a while until this thing is until this thing is really beaten. So uh, and why not look cool doing it? Exactly. And you support you support not only a great cause with her, but you support this podcast, hopefully your favorite podcast. So um fun I'll stuff. I'll take top five. I'll take um, top five. Hell yeah. Uh I, I, it popped in my brain, so I wanted to mention it because we're talking about like helping out and helping the cause. Ben works for the post office, but the post office is struggling right now because our president sucks. So there's something you can do right now for a few more weeks. The last uh, week tonight with John Oliver is selling their own personalized stamps mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. they're donating profits to help the post office. Wow. So uh, you can buy those stamps. They're only like 14 bucks uh, for a pack. Yeah. Um, I've already bought two. So it's, it's also something worth doing. Just Google that and you can do it. Yeah, and I'll, I'll, you know what? I'll link that below. That'll be in the description after this episode is up because I gotta, I gotta go back in. But that will be there. Well, um, yeah, but yes, uh, Fake Nerd Podcast Mask. I think they actually turned out really well. This is the first one off the, uh, off the assembly line, off the rack. So uh, yeah, it's not bad. All right. Um, other than that, uh, I did some nerd stuffs. I finished Justice League Action. Whoosh. 
which is the the animated series from a couple years back. Uh, only had one season. That's a crime. That is an absolute crime that that show only had one season. Depending where you look, it's listed as two, but I know what you mean. Right, there's 56 episodes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, that's so many episodes. <laughs> they they aired it like it was two separate seasons. That feels yeah. like two. Wow. And they're all they're only 11 minutes long. Oh, then they that's where it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So oh, on Hulu, there's only 26 episodes because they paired the two the two episodes together. Oh. Yeah, they do the SpongeBob, the Adventure Time method, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. SpongeBob and uh, Fair, Fair, yeah, all those old shows. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to real quickly talk about Justice League Action because I thought that show was really was really super cool. The voice acting is awesome. Hey, James Woods, shit guy, great Lex Luthor. Um, <laughs> great Owlman. Great, yeah, great Owlman. Brent Spiner was the Riddler. Uh, I really like uh, Wonder Woman's design overall. I think it's a really fun, unique design for that character. Um, Batman gets a lot of play on that show, but you know who gets a lot of play on that show? Space Cabby. That's true. Space Cabby is in that show a lot. Voice by... Pat Oswalt. Yep. And I thought that was really incredible because there was an episode where you know that the writers were just like, what if Space Cabby teamed up with Jonah Hex on a space train? How can we make that happen? And then they made it happen. Mm-hmm. That, that, that was incredible. I'm pretty uh, sure I'm pretty sure Patton has said that, that that particular role is like one of the highlights of his life. It should be. There's another episode of Space Cabby teams up with Hal Jordan, who's voiced by Josh Keaton in the show, who voiced him in Green Lantern. I posted this on my on my Twitter. And I want to talk about it here because I love the Green Lantern TV series, the animated show from, yeah. a couple, from a couple of years back that aired with Young Justice. That show's awesome. It is a CG show designed by Bruce Timm, uh, and and it had Kilowog and 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 a new character Aya, who was the AI of that ship. Heck and, yeah. And that was a great character who fell in love with the Red Lantern Razor. Razor! I love Razor! Who was also another great character. Spoilers for that one season. uh, Aya gets possessed by the Anti-Monitor and becomes evil. She becomes the villain of that series. It's awesome. And that sucks. And she's supposedly killed. And at the end of the show, Razor decides to go off on his own because he has hope that... Uh, Aya is still out there. And as he leaves the screen, a blue lantern ring follows him. Ah! Because the blue lantern ring is the only thing that can purge the red lantern ring. Uh, so you, you get the sense that Razor will become a blue lantern if there was a second season. There wasn't. I was devastated. Uh, Razor and Aya for life. <laughs> and at the end, at the Space Cabby episode with Hal Jordan, voiced by Josh Keaton, Space Cabby has a GPS system, a, go- a global a galactic positioning system Voiced by the same actress who was Aya. Hey. Like, okay, that's cute. That's yeah. cute. At the end of that episode, that GPS system says, that Green Lantern sounded familiar. Almost like it reminded me I was searching for something. I don't know my origins. And I'm like, excuse me, what's happening right now? <laughs> and I was like, what's happening right now? What is happening right now? And she's and she turns into the bull that was Aya's AI construct, and she's like, "He never gave up hope. Neither will I." And she flies off. I'm like, "Are There's you kidding me?" Yeah. And I, I flipped. I never wanted to tell you that. I wanted you to find it on your own. I'm so happy <laughs> you didn't. Is that Aya show up in the comics somewhere? Like so, Aya. So Aya does appear as a as a quote unquote Green Lantern in the Smallville season eleven comic that introduced that, the Green Lanterns. That's where I remember it. Okay. Yeah. Like she uh, showed up somewhere, and I was like, "Oh, that's pretty neat." 
Yeah, I've always wanted them to introduce Razor into the mm -hmm. into the comics also. It's only a matter. Uh, yeah, but I I uh, I freaked. I I made a noise mm -hmm. that Zara thought I was dying, so she ran in and was like, "Are you okay?" As a, I need to know something. <laughs> Um, but there's a lot oh. of great episodes with Booster Gold, with uh, Plastic Man. Um, John Delancey was Brainiac, and John Delancey, for you Star Trek fans, was Q. Um, yeah, that show that show is really uh, a lot of fun. Some really, truly great episodes. Uh, Green, Green Arrow has, some, has a great episode where he goes uh, to Dinosaur Island with Booster Gold. Uh, yeah. They basically confirm that Plastic Man is always naked. Yes. Uh, that show excels at taking B-listers and C-listers and making them shine. Yeah. That's yeah. what I loved about uh, Justice League Unlimited. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, we talked about how um, early on in the season, uh, Booster Gold has an episode where he where he compares his like his job saving the timeline as like a rat catcher. It's like, you know, you don't you don't a rat catcher doesn't uh, doesn't tell him. Mag says, uh, love the series, too. There's always hope in the future. Yeah, there is. Um, uh, so the Booster Gold, ha you know, saves the timeline, and, and Batman like realizes his worth as a hero. Um, that's just the tip of the iceberg of that series, man. Yeah, it really is. That show it's, is. It's a great show. It, I wish it had lasted longer. Me too. That show should have gone for years easily. It had the quality content, and it yeah. wasn't that hard for them to just make a bunch of eleven-minute episodes. It's a shame. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a and the voice cast is incredible. Um, I had a really, I had a DC week, primarily just only did DC products. Like I, uh, except the great, I watched the great, um, but I didn't finish it. So I'm not going to really mention it right now. Uh, I did like, I watched the newest episode of star girl. And then I watched, um, Superman red sun, the animated series, the animated movie uh, that came out, I think, I think this past year, like a year uh, or two ago. Yeah. 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 Really uh, yeah I, I really, I really enjoyed it. I thought uh, it was good. Yeah. Yeah, I thought the I thought the changes made to the comic were really engaging. Uh, Jason Isaacs is Superman, and I think he's really great as Superman. Um, he's slowly becoming like a favorite of mine just through his voice work. Yeah, right. <laughs> he's a lot of fun. Yeah, he was. Um, he was. He was. He was Scooby Doo. That's where we recently saw him. Yeah, but he was Rachel Ghoul in Batman Under the Red Hood. Oh yeah, he is good. Yeah, yeah, he is really good yeah, in that. I mean, like, he's he's something else. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, he's in the season of Castlevania. No, yeah, I'm sorry, was... my wait, is he in Castlevania too? Yeah, he oh, was, he was in the he was the pastor. No, I'm sorry. You're right. I'm talking about Castlevania Lords of Shadow, the video game where he plays oh. Satan. Right, yeah. So he's just great. Not not, not the pastor, but the, the he's town. He's multiple Castlevania boys. I love town it. Judge yeah. yeah, that's great. Um Yeah, so that's basically all I did. Um that's I did some writing for our second podcast, uh, Miscellaneous, which may be coming out, maybe. Um oh. so I don't want to talk too much about that. Promises. But yeah, I, and then besides the three movies that we watched this week for this episode, basically all I did was DC stuff. So yeah, I'll I'll go next because I didn't do uh, anything. Uh, so I went back to work this week. Uh, I'm almost full time. I'm doing four days, but um, I'm working nights again. So that that impedes me doing a lot of the normal things I've been doing. Uh, so I I I was pretty much burned out this week because going back to work we're twice as twice as busy and half staffed. So uh, I'm just really drained after work. So all I really did this week was uh, I played Mortal Kombat Aftermath yesterday, which is the sequel uh, uh, chapters. Um, there's 12 chapters in the in in the game, so this is a five chapter sequel bonus thing. Uh, and it's kind of like a 
it's kind of like a director's cut. It's there's a couple characters who are DLC characters, and they were not in pre- they were not present in the main storyline. So after you beat spoiler, you beat the bad guy. Uh, uh, they are they are uh, taken from the void because the bad guy's gone. It's so like, hey, we're back. The bad guy's gone. But it turns out the way that you defeated the bad guy wasn't right. So you have to go back in time again with Shang Sun with his brilliant plan. And now you're playing a Shang Sun and all these other DLC characters going back to the story again changing history from the changed history of the last game so it's it reminds me of endgame a lot like double endgame uh but it also reminds me a lot of dr doom shang sun is so dr doom in this by manipulating people saying he's a good guy doing underbelly things uh there's some really great emperor doom like battle world secret war stuff with shang sun that i did not expect at all that is so cool to the to the story and where this leaves off whatever the next mortal kombat game is it's gonna be crazy different like it, like truly like they might just reboot it after this game after the sequel because it could just be called mortal kombat because it is such a jump in in things i'm like wow they're really just going going with it every game keeps getting crazier and crazier and the next time it's just like it could be an entirely new cast of characters 100 percent. like they can do that um it's really worth checking out if you like mortal kombat um they got the actor from the mortal kombat movie to play shang sun he is so good in it he is chewing that scenery um the game looks really good i also got a new tv this week you also got a new TV this week. You got a new TV. I got a new TV this week. Everybody's been. Oh, oh. It's, it's okay. Three out of four. Right, still works fine. Still exactly. Works fine. We all had old TVs, uh, but I got a new TV and playing Mortal Kombat on that new 4K TV. Uh, it just, it's like it's like when you got your new phone, Brandon. It's like night and day. It's like I had a ten-year-old TV. Ten-year-old TV, and it's like wow, it's night and day. This is this is what uh, ultra uh, uh, resolution looks like, I guess. Uh, Besides that, I just did my normal things with him, and even that was very little. Um, yeah, we didn't even um, we didn't get to Harley Quinn this week. No, um, I, I I watched an episode of What We Do in the Shadows. That show that show's still really good. Um, I didn't really do much else. I don't think I'll I'll do much more next week. Yeah, yeah, together, together, together. Yeah, Sparks, you uh, want to go next? Yeah, I'll do that. Uh, I'll talk about some shows. Uh, we did. Oh, we did manage to squeeze some time for Doom Patrol, though. Yes. Do you want to talk about Flex Mentallo? Yes, guys. What? Um, guys, I'm not joking. I think Doom Patrol now, I think it's the best DC Universe show. I agree. I, I, it's better than Swamp Thing. It's better than, than Harley Quinn. I think that I keep talking about every week how it's able to pull this real emotion while having a character like Flex Mentallo where his superpower is flexing and changing the world. The butts got out. The butts got, (laughs) there's, there's. I, I, the butts get out, and they're literally they're, they're butts that eat people. They are asses that eat people. This show is the most comic book show maybe ever made, while still being really emotional and thought provoking. It's 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 insane. There was also an episode where they go inside uh, one of the characters who has multiple identities living inside of her body, oh, like God. over fifty six or something. Think of Split, and they go yeah. inside of her head. And I think it's one of the best interpretations of what people who have multiple personality disorder, dissociative dis, uh, DID, uh, what they describe it as. They truly feel like like some of the alternate personalities of her are, they look like her, and some of them don't look like her, uh, and are totally different actors. And um, and they all feel like they are their own people, and they s- hold their own identity. And the actress has done a great job of portraying those characters up to this point. Mm-hmm on the outside but now we're seeing different actors who embody these characters and it feels very like honest to the depiction of what people 
describe. And and for a show that's about, you know, robot men and and like like ladies who can stretch your limbs, like it deals with really serious subjects like sexual abuse and sexual assault and and in very like very powerful ways that deal with they, you don't often see like superhero heroics with like serious sexual abuse and how they go together. And it's it's really powerful. And like the stuff with Jane, like that episode is like it like I haven't I never told you this, but this show makes me cry almost at least once every episode. I'm not even joking. Like I have to hold back tears almost every episode because there's this stuff that's so powerful dealing with these characters who are so broken inside. That cyborg? Cyborg, yeah. Again, I posted on Twitter. This is the best cyborg you will ever see. I can't believe, like, again, I just think of Justice League, and I'm like, this it's night and day. Like, this is a fully realized person, and he goes through much grief and trauma. And I'm like, this is how you build a character, man. Like, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah, uh, I, I think especially, like, the, the way they handled the sexual abuse stuff, um, y- you get built up to this idea of like, it must've been something so catastrophic to make her like this. What was this huge, big thing? And it's like, y- y- they make it so that it doesn't feel like you could say that the the sexual abuse, the, the way that the narrative plays out, what it is, is very simple when it comes to like a comic book story, the way that they tell things. It's very straightforward, very normal, very real life, but it is terrible. And they make it feel like, yeah, this is what happens every day, and it's terrible. Um, and it causes this, even though it's in this world of superheroes. This is very real, and this is what happens. Um, I just, just, just talking about Doom Patrol. So Doom Patrol's dope as hell. I'm so excited for that next the next season next month. Like yeah. I I I'm so glad we're watching it now, and almost instead of when we were watching it, so we can just ease right into the it next right season. into the next because this is a show that I just want to have on all the time. Like yeah. it's 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 next next level good. Um, and. Uh, Megan and I finished Mrs. America, which uh, concluded its run this week. That show ends uh, with the whole, because it's all about the Equal Rights Amendment, the ERA, which uh, didn't get ratified. And it was really nice how it ends because it ends in a way where they're talking about how that struggle is still going today. And it turned like uh, three more states in the past five years have decided to ratify the ERA. Now that's not, they were three states short when they failed. Uh, in the early 80s. Um, And this doesn't make the amendment stand. It doesn't even make like an appeal to to now add the amendment guaranteed, but it is a symbolic victory and it's just showing how that fight has continued and how it's evolved and how it's changed. Uh, That show was a really interesting perspective. Particularly, there's an episode that's entirely focused and I was wondering when it was going to happen. Sarah Paulson plays a character who is created for the show but there's one episode where she has been part of uh, Phyllis Schlafly's movement to stop the ERA. And all of a sudden she's being told things at the women's conference that she recognizes that what she was told the ERA, ERA was going to be taking away from them wasn't true, that she didn't actually believe in what the movement was really about, that she started to question why it was happening and that she's not actually against so many of the things they're saying. And uh, it's a really fascinating perspective of someone just like learning to think more in when indoctrinated into a movement about what the other side is saying. Mm -hmm. And like, why were we fighting for this? I remember why, because the whole thing is Sarah Paulson's character is the character who brings the ERA to to Phyllis's attention Mm -hmm. in the show. And uh, she's the person who says, we need to be worried about this. And then it's like, wait, this got really far away from what I was talking about. 
uh, and I thought that was really, really well done. Is it all a period piece, or does it like go to the future? It, at all? it so it covers from the early seventies all the way into the early eighties okay. because that's how long like the case trying to ratify the ERA went. It went through three presidencies. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, I love. Is there like makeup and like changing a whole bunch? Oh, yeah, man, because uh, Rose Byrne plays Gloria Steinem. Oh yeah, and man. so she's like evolving as that character, who's very prolific. I'm always a fan of anytime um, movies or TV shows do that. Really fantastic cast. Uh, really well done. It's only nine episodes. When you have a chance to just sit down and do it, you know, it's FX. Kate uh, Blanchett is Phyllis Schlafly, and yeah. she's really great. Um, it does some really interesting stuff. That is true. That one of Phyllis's sons was gay. And the way that they handle that whole story related to her is very interesting. Um, super worth your time. Uh, Megan also finished Community. Um, so we did that this this past week. And uh, I think that, that those last three seasons are, are much better in hindsight than I was thinking about them. Especially season four. I think season four gets a lot more flack just because it didn't have Dan Harmon than, mm -hmm. I, think, than I think it deserves. Um, I would argue that I think season four is still more in step with seasons one through three than five and six are. When Dan Harmon comes back to the show, the show literally changes its visual style uh, and you feel a difference. There's something a little more cynical to the back edge of the show. And there was a cynicism to community at all times, but this is a different kind of cynicality. Uh, sure. And it's interesting how much that changed in just that one season. Uh, when he comes back, it's just, it's a very different take. Mm -hmm. Um but I still think season five and six are good. Well worth your time. Uh, I'm looking forward to that movie. <laughs> six seasons out of movie. It was, it was well worth it. Um, I got a little further into Brand New Animal, which is the Trigger anime. Uh, that is interesting. I'm still kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. And there's only three episodes left we have to watch. And I'm like, there's got to be some other catch here. It hasn't quite hit the level that I anticipate from shows of Gurren Lagann, Kill a Kill, and even Darling in the Franks caliber. Um, even though I'm enjoying it, it feels like something's still kind of being held back from me. Mm -hmm. So I'm a little curious about that. Megan and I started the last season of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt because oh, we left it behind a long time ago. Me too. Wait, but can I real quickly? Can I real quickly ask? We watched the trailer for the movie, which is the the you know the the special. Yeah. Yeah. The 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 choose your own adventure. Choose yes. your own adventure. Um, Daniel Radcliffe's in that show. Uh, in the special. He's not in the show prior to. Okay, because I was really confused. I was like, wait, what? He's, he's an addition for the special. I believe, I don't know because I haven't looked into it because I don't want to know right now, but I believe he is a lawyer working with Kimmy against the Reverend, mm -hmm. who's uh, the Reverend is who imprisoned Kimmy, uh, kept her in a bunker and all this stuff. That's a big plot point of the show. That's John Hamm. And I think he's the lawyer fighting against them to uh, keep his case closed. Uh, anyway. Uh, that's that's a solid show, well worth your time, uh, and that was that fun to check out after season two. Uh, yeah, uh, I I'm enjoying going back to season four. There's there's some good stuff there. Um, finally, we Megan and I watched uh, Star Girl episode two. Um, I thought the story elements of it were better, but I still have yet to warm to the lead. And now having watched two episodes, I'm starting to realize it's also just because I don't think she's very good as an actress. But it's also that I don't like the way she's written. Um, and I find a lot of uh, a lot of pieces to be a little too convenient. Um, did you watch Stargirl, Brandon, this okay. week? Okay. Um, I don't like, like, it's the show feel, the show is making me actively 
root against her finding out that Starman is her dad because of how adamant she is about it. Mm -hmm. She's just so, like, just shoving it right into uh, all these lines. (laughs) Yeah, I get that. Um, Yeah, there's just a there's a schlocky level to it that that doesn't work for me. Um, But I'm still I'm still giving it some time. Mostly because I'm still interested in a lot of the other elements to the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see. Um, outside of that, I played video games. I did a lot of Overwatch. Uh, I did some Battlefront 2, uh, but nothing like main campaign-y uh, stuff. Not right now. Oh, no, that's not true. Destiny 2. This is actually really important. I finished the first story section of Destiny 2 with uh, my friends Travis and Pi. You beat that big boy? Uh, yeah, we beat that big boy with swords. Yeah. <laughs> we were sword bros. Um, <laughs> that Destiny 2's story elements are very good now. Uh, and it's hard because I don't know if they'd hit as well if you haven't gone through Destiny 1. And I don't mean that in like a bad way. I just mean that you're playing with a lot in Destiny 1. Like the, the story stuff is good, but it's very sporadic and spread out. It's not interconnected. And, it, and Destiny 2's campaign is taking you through beats of things you've already faced before in different ways uh uh different races now encountering you that means something about the way they're doing it or where they're doing it and that that meaning is lost if you haven't done the steps of destiny one yes otherwise the story of destiny two is really enjoyable like just playing through these campaign missions is really good i think if because you have played destiny one i do think you there is more to enjoy having played destiny one and knowing its faults and where they were where they made better on them in Destiny 2. Yeah. Because the campaign is just hundred percent better in every single way. Right. Like it feels like a Halo campaign opposed to uh Destiny One where you're just doing random missions yeah, yeah. that don't really have any cutscenes or anything. Right. So like this feels like, oh, they actually put effort or in like, this and, and like concrete. And like you're following your tracks in your expansion stories in Destiny One, but in this one it, everything feels like it matters to a level of everything else. Yeah. All the little things and all the big things all kind of are coming together. And that seems to be continuing as we've started the next expansion piece, uh, which is really interesting and taking you to a lot of cool places. So I do recommend Destiny 2. Um, it's it's free. free to play. You can play through the first three story elements, and it's really easy to do because all you have to do is you log into Destiny 2, you go to the hangar, and you just talk to the lady there, and you say, I want to play the first part of the story called the red war. And then you just do those missions. You don't have to worry about anything else in the game. You just follow those missions and, you and you're just player. playing the story and you can do it single player and you can do it with friends. And it's, it's good. Like it's an enjoyable time. This feels much more in step with Bungie's stuff. Yes. So uh, that's my sense on destiny too. Lastly, I will say the only, oh yeah, the only thing with destiny that has always been a problem is they, they it's three person squads. So that makes team unless up. it's a raid, unless it's a raid, but that's like the final end game stuff. Uh, it makes it hard to team up with a lot of your friends. It's the only problem. Three people is not a lot of people. It's true. Uh, when we could play with eighteen people on Battlefront, but it's yeah. very that's a different game. Right. Uh, so that's the only thing. Uh, unless you want to do like competitive, but I'm not there for competitive. For sure. For yeah. sure. Uh, the last thing I'll talk about is I did read some comics this week. You guys might have heard of them. Um, I read Flashpoint and Justice League Origin and uh, Batman and Son. Um, oh my god. I love that you did that because. <laughs> so here's here's part of why uh, I wanted I wanted to I didn't for some reason. Outside of Justice League Origin, uh, I hadn't read the other pieces. Interesting. Okay. Um, I'd never read Flashpoint. I wasn't. Oh. I, I was vaguely aware of the stuff that happened, but I never read it. Yeah. And I still haven't read the tie-in stuff, so that will affect like stuff I'm going to talk about later. I love the Flashpoint tie-ins. I think a lot of them are really Flashpoint in general. I think is a really good event. Yeah. 
I, I really enjoyed the comic. Yeah. Um, I, I'm glad I did it. It colored what we're doing in the topic today a, a little differently for me than I think if I, I just gone to the if films. If you didn't have the knowledge of the book, I think it would be a detriment. I think this actually helps. Uh, I would agree in almost all the cases. Um, I really enjoyed reading all of those. I'm glad I set aside the time to do it. They were all on DC Universe, so that was super easy. Um, but I, I really am glad I put aside the time to do that and read those comics this week. I also am continuing now to get back through my comics. Uh, now that comics are opening up again, I'm like, I got to get through my read pile. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm moving my way up through the X-Men titles. And then next on the list is going to be Spider-Man, then uh, Immortal Hulk, Ghost Rider, things like that. Beautiful. Batman. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I, obviously I read all my comics from this, this week. Uh, I'm caught up. I'm determined to keep the stay that way. <laughs> right. It'll it's happen for a bit. I yeah. really wish I had, now that you've said that, I, I, I really wish that I had read the uh, Flashpoint origin and uh, Batman and Son again. But, I've read them before, but I would love like to have revisited them. I didn't, I didn't consider it, but yeah, I I mean, I'm, I've read them all. I mean, like, you know, some of us only have so much time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I am fortunate to have plenty of time, and I'm like, you know what? I would really, I would really rather, especially Flashpoint, that one really was stuck with me. And like, Just League Origin, I'd kind of forgotten how it went because it was a long time ago. That I read it like when it was coming out. 2011. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but but I never read the Batman and Son stuff. I was just vaguely aware of it. I never read Flashpoint. I'm like, I feel like I'm doing myself a disservice if I watch that movie and don't read those comics because I know I care enough. I want to read those comics. Proud of you. I like it. That's awesome. Uh, so the more of that is going to come up in our topic. But I yeah, I did that. Cool. Ben. Ben I should have read Batman and Son because the only books of the films I've actually read were Flashpoint and Justice League Origin, but. It's been a while, but I can still remember big points. We'll talk about those later. So my week is pretty much uh, not a whole lot, uh, just a whole lot of working. But when I would come home, Fanny would be very excited to watch Avatar. We're at the last, uh, we're at Sozin's Comet. The last four episodes of Avatar, The Last Airbender. So we're almost done with it. Oh, you blew through uh, that. Oh, yeah. It's well, it's, a, it's a great show. I always love it. The final, the Fire, the Fire Lord battle? Yeah, well, we're at the last four episodes. What? So the four parts. Like the coolest fight in anime history, man. Like, for real. Yeah. Shit, you, you're not even ready, baby. <laughs> I know, I know. No, it was funny because after, because uh, when Fanny started getting into Avatar, I was uh, joking with her saying that maybe she and I could, like, do, like, our own little mini commentary of watching The Last Airbender. Because yeah. a friend of mine on Facebook popped up. She, like, shared this uh, meme. And then I was like, yeah. And then when I started, I was like, yeah, anything is better than the movie. And she's like, you know, I've never seen the movie, so I feel bad for shitting on a movie I've never seen. So I'm going to go watch it. I'm like, you know, I can respect that. It's a beautiful, long Twitter feed of, like, every major point as to why that movie has got awful. Just, hey, it we, is, hey, it is one day so... we'll do a commentary. One day. What? One day we'll do a commentary, and, and we'll, we'll speak through the tears. <laughs> maybe because i, I want to know i want to real quick because i'm sorry ben for all the people listening to this watching this after the after the stream or or listening to it on the on the itunes feed or whatever uh, uh -huh. i want to know do you know someone or are you a person who prefers the movie to the show i genuinely want to know no judgment although you're wrong no judgment i genuinely want to know if they're out there I, I and then you're talking like someone who's seen both and prefers the movie, not yes. someone who's just seen the movie okay. and says, "Well, I like that movie." Yes. I, I yeah. you know what? There's a lot of controversial people on Twitter. I think that's the one opinion I have never seen, ever. Yeah. And I hope I never see it. <laughs> no judgment. What I will say, is, uh, the only good thing I can say about that movie is, like, visually, 
they had a good idea. Sure. When you give enough money to anyone, anything looks good. <laughs> but still... I, 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 I mean, like, I don't mean just, like, you know, like, the quality of the visuals. I mean, like, the design choices. Like, I I actually like the way that they designed Aang's, like, body arrows for the sure, live-action blue paint and no, stuff. Sure, I mean, like, yeah. there's a lot of cool visualizing choices that do kind of differ from the show, but I'm like, you know what? They kind of work. And there are visualizing choices that are completely off par, like when Earthpenders do this whole form, <laughs> this five-step, where Toph, all she has to do is this, and then a giant boulder shoots out of the freaking ground. I know. That seems comedy. That is a comedy scene. You can't, you can't no. tell me it's not. And anyways, getting back to me, Fanny and I watching uh, Avatar The Last Airbender, the, the TV show, she actually stumbled across um, the trailer. Like, you know how on, on Netflix, when you're watching it, there's like a little tr- a snippet of the movie or a show, whatever, or a trailer? Mm-hmm. She sure. decided to watch that. And just from that, she's like, I don't want to watch that. Anymore. I don't want to watch it. <laughs> Just from that, it's it's a scene in the it's the scene I was talking about where like five Earthbenders are doing the are doing their Earthbending form, and then like the little rocks are just going. Yeah, I was ex- I was really looking forward to that movie too. So was I. Yo, dude, I went at midnight with my whole oh. family. Boy, yeah. that turned into a mystery science theater show. We were all laughing, making fun of it. Nobody cared. Yeah. Anyways, so we're on the last bit of Avatar: Last Airbender. Uh, besides that, I went out and got my uh, comics. Unfortunately, I'm still working, so I don't have a whole lot of time. So I actually have a little bit of a, a stack growing. And because of uh, Comic Madness' sale, I keep buying more books. Ben, such can, as... I, can I pause you? I'm so sorry. Um, I just got a notification that the city of Los Angeles is declaring that a curfew will be enacted again tonight, 8 p.m. to 5.30 a.m. Oh, yeah. Um, I, everyone, I didn't do that one. Everyone, uh, everyone, please be safe out there. Uh, if you're yeah. watching this, yeah, it's a, a, safe. there's a lot of cities uh, going through some curfew stuff right now. Be safe, everyone. Uh, yeah, yeah. I just wanted yeah. to point. I just wanted to say, be safe out there. You know, be yeah. be careful. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry, Ben. Yeah. Well, on on that note, because uh, I bought Imbalance Part Two, the Avatar graphic novel series. Um, yeah, still I think trying I to get one. Yeah, I'm still I still I'm still missing a uh, part three. But also, I went to the comic store with my mom because she came over to visit me, and she was very kind, and she bought me the graphic novel for uh, Last Night on Earth. Nice. Oh, the, is, it, oh, is it the whole collection? It's the whole thing. All oh, three, okay. uh, all three uh, volumes. Because right I had the first one, and I was gonna get the uh, second one, but uh, Comic Madness. I mean, huge shout out to Comic Madness. That sale is bonkers. It's freaking amazing. Oh yeah. And um. Because they had the second issue, but they didn't have the third one. So I was debating, is like, because I have the first issue already, but then I'm like, mm, should I should I just get like the whole thing, or should I wait and got and get the single issues? And then I'm just like, you know what? I don't know what I'm gonna go to Frankenstein's. I don't know when I'm gonna go out hunt for other books. I'm just gonna get the whole thing. And my mom was like, you know, I'll get that for you. I'm like, you don't have to. Like I literally pulled money out of the ATM to go shopping that day, and my mom was like, no, no, you want this book? I'll buy it for you. I'm like, thanks. And then was even. No matter how old you get, get, what's up? No matter how old you get, mamas always want to treat you. Yeah, yeah, and the store is even kind. They even gave us, uh, they gave us fifty percent off. They gave us a a sweet ass discount for this book, and they're like, "Awesome, yeah, yeah." So I got more stuff to read because now I have Hulk, uh, Immortal Hulk, Wonder Woman Earth One Volume Two, Batman Last Night on Earth, and Avatar to read. And I still have all my floppy issues that I haven't read yet because every time I come home, it's like it's either Avatar or sleep. As long. As X Men isn't at the bottom, we're fine. You know, you want to know where X Men is, Ryan? I will. 
swear. It's at, it's at the top. <laughs> X-Men. X-Men. Uh, I read those two. Excalibur. No, I read that one. The Marauders. I read that one. Uh, issue three of uh, uh, X Fantastic Four X Men because I'm still missing the uh, the connecting covers for issue for issue two. I'll get that eventually. Uh, then Star Wars. That's the Star Wars. Yeah. Then uh, Darth Vader. Marvel. I'm happy. And then and then uh, Ruby. Oh, we got news for you we later. Got news for you, Ru- we got news for you later. Good news or bad news? I'm scared. We'll oh, get yeah, to it. Then oh. my Sonic the Hedgehog. So Sonic, oh. my favorite, my favorite, the one that got me the comics is at the bottom of the stack. I'm glad you got your books. That's cool. Uh, all right. Anything else you want to add, or should we move on to our bread and butter? Yep, that's pretty much it. Oh, All I right. played more Dark Souls yesterday. Praise the sun. Praise the sun. Praise the sun. Dark Souls is awesome. I love it. And here's your bread and your butter. Here's your bread and butter. Hey, okay, not in my ear. Thank you. All righty then. Let's get into our bread and butter, guys. Um, first off, some sad news. Uh, an actor by the name of Richard Hurd passed away this week um wanted to bring him up because he was a very he was a very prominent actor in uh on television he was in tons of tv shows such as seinfeld frazier um he was a character on star trek voyager he was admiral paris on star trek voyager which is where i know him from um you know this guy was on tj hooker and knight rider and uh tons and tons and tons of shows um but he passed away this week yeah he's absolutely one of those guys where you look at his face you're like i that he's a character actor 100 percent. that's a shame yeah. Uh, he passed away this week at the age of 87. Yeah. No cause of death least given. Long, long life. Yeah. Um, okay. So this is this is some of the some more COVID delays and stuff related to what's going on uh, in the entertainment industry because of the ongoing COVID-19 crisis. Um, uh, Lucasfilm has announced that they have postponed the launch of Star Wars: The High Republic which was their new publishing initiative, which will push this new era of star Wars forward. Um, they're going to, they're going to wait until next year to drop it. Oh, wow. uh, yeah. So, so Charles soul, star Wars, the high Republic light of the Jedi, which is the first novel to be released. And Justina Erlen's uh, middle grade novel, star Wars, the high Republic, a test of courage, which was supposed to be the second novel to be released. will both now be released in on January 5th, 2021. Initially they were going to be released in August of this year. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like relatively soon. Yeah. Um, And Claudia Gray's novel, Star Wars The High Republic, Into the Dark, will be released on February 2nd. Um, They don't know, we we don't know when they're releasing the IDW or Marvel comics yet. Those announcements will happen soon. Um, But we, but we are, we have yet to know. Um, Basically, the the excuse was, excuse me, to ensure the launch will be as epic as it deserves. That makes sense. Like, they're, they're clearly trying to push, like, this is the next wave of Star Wars, even if it's just books. Like, it's eventually going to be games, comics, movies, television. So, like, they want to make sure that launch is as big as it could possibly be. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. Um, and also, in a personal note, it actually helps us. Maybe we could do something with the High Republic come January. Yeah. Uh, because August was pretty packed, so maybe. Yeah. I will say, all the names of these books, I think they're pretty generic. Yeah. <laughs> Test of Courage into the Dark Flight of the Navigator. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I get it. But the but the creative teams on them are pretty exciting. No, no, they're amazing. It's just like they feel like placeholders. Oh, totally. Before you get like an actual name, but it's not. Yeah, because like it's a test of courage or uh, into the dark. It's like yeah, those I mean, are like, those could be anything. Light of the Jedi is a very Star Wars title, also. Yes, so. that one's fine. <laughs> that one, yeah. Um, so Marvel has, and then DC does this too. But Marvel released um, three new titles that are going to go digital only. 
uh, as they wrap up their as they wrap up their titles. I feel like they're um, talking to me. I feel like they're Reven- talking to me. Revenge of the Cosmic Ghost Rider will finish up its run in digital only. Uh, Valkyrie Jane Foster will finish up its run digital that's only. The they're they're that's, targeting Megan. That's who they're that's targeting. That's the most messed up one because that book is doing well. Yeah. And uh, then I, uh, Scream, Curse of, Scream Curse of Carnage, which, which is, is a, the spinoff of... a fan favorite book that I just learned. People, it's, it's, It doesn't sell well, but like people really like that book. Yeah. <sighs> so the, these three titles will now finish up their runs digital only and will be collected in print in a graphic novel form. So I think Megan only has like two comics left out of her seven. Yeah, all of her books that, have been canceled. Except for Captain Marvel. And they won't, one they won't do that one. Though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She's been given, she's given, been given the most shit end of the stick out of this. Sure. Bro, that, like, okay. Again, none of these, sh- this should not happen. Revenge of the Ghost, Cosmic Ghost Rider. I, I get that. That one is, is a smaller book, sure. Um, what's the other one besides Valkyrie? Uh, Scream Curse of Carnage. That's a, a smaller offshoot book of, that came from an event, the Carnage event, right? I understand that. Valkyrie is a, top-selling book that is a huge book that a lot of people gravitate towards it is a female character that is very important to marvel this is the one out of all of them that does not make sense because this is not what is she was on like 11 or 12 or something isn't it so it's, i think it's actually pushing up towards nine okay so it, that's that's not even enough that really it's yeah. still so shitty come on oh man i then, forgot that spider gwen so spider gwen last last time we found out spider gwen was going to be digital only um i forgot it came out and it was on my my kindle i was like Oh, I guess I should read that because I like that series. That's yeah. that's on Megan's too. Yeah. I really like the Spider-Gwen series and I was really upset that now it's digital only. I've got every issue of Spider-Gwen. Yeah. And again, like, uh, it, it again, it sucks for, for books that just get started. But for books like Valkyrie, which are on their second, almost third volume, that, that's, yeah. that's two runs that now you're just never going to finish. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, again, that's a collector's nightmare. That's what I keep saying every week this happens. Like, uh, and again, I mean, small it, books. This isn't happening to Iron Man or anything. And it suck. It sucks that you know they they're what they're what they're looking at it is they're looking at the publishing line from a from a a, a, a monetary standpoint, mm-hmm. and they're taking out the sl- the smaller ones because they're like, look, if we can't support this, if we can't support this book right now, it's got to go somewhere else. And again, I wouldn't have such a big problem with it if the digital editions didn't cost the same. Yeah. Right. Why would I buy digital for the same price? It doesn't make sense. Right. Right. I'll just exactly. trade weight, and I hate that. Yeah. Um, DC decided to do the same thing this yeah, week. Yeah, I saw. I saw the news you were mentioning. Um, so Ruby and Genlock, which were digital first series um, that were being collected in print in print formats, uh, will be completely canceled. They will not release print print copies of those books after this. <laughs> now see how it feels, Ben. <laughs> Sorry, Ben. Uh, targeting me. Yeah. And uh, uh, Manhunters: The Lost History, that which was even a... make sense. Like you can still make your print collected editions. What are you doing? Well, DC released an entire list, which I don't have here, which I was just going to mention. They also canceled their entire facsimile line, their dollar comic line, and oh. a lot of their giants. All of All those the make stuff. more sense to me. But yeah. I don't understand being like, you know what? F those guys that want the collected print editions of those Ruby and Genlock books. Screw that. Yeah. I don't that... like the single issues, but it's oh. the, the trade collections you're talking about. No, these are the single issues. The trade the oh, trades okay. will still come. Oh, Sorry, the trades the collected oh, okay. editions. That's why I was getting confused. 
Okay. So these, so, so uh, what I mean by collected editions is that when Ruby, when they collect uh, a digital first title in a trade, not a trade in a single issue, they collect two, two digital chapters into one single issue. I get that. But because you were saying collected editions, I thought you were talking about the trades too. My bad. Um, the trades will still come. Cause okay. that's where I'd be like, that's insane. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, the trades, the trades still will come. And uh, Manhunters: The Lost History, which was a spinoff uh, miniseries going to come out of event that came out of Event Leviathan, has just been canceled altogether. Yes. <laughs> is is not coming out. Good. <laughs> Wait, I'm... didn't we talk about last week that uh, there's a, a Maestro Hulk book coming out? Right. Yes. That's an actual book coming out physically, right? Yeah. Maestro is a big character. Cool. Cool. He's He's actually he's actually a big character. He's actually a big oh, character. Oh, <laughs> you're good. You're good. Valkyrie gets canceled. But Valkyrie, Maestro Hulk. Yeah, Maestro gets uh, the Hulk. Yeah, that's yeah. Boggles my mind. I mean, I'm bummed because I was because you guys know me. I love the Ruby comic books, but both yeah. Ruby and Gemma getting canceled. I, I I hate it, but it kind of makes sense because both are Rooster Teeth. The both of those comics stem from Rooster Teeth shows, and both those shows are already very niche as it is. I mean, they're popular, sure, sure, but they're still very niche titles. DC, DC so, was doing a great thing by putting those out uh, uh, physically because, yeah. like, yeah. they were digital things. So, like, it was nice that mm -hmm. they were doing that at all. Like, again, of all the books to get canceled, Ruby is the one to have it happen to. It, it is. just sucks that it wouldn't have happened without a, in the, without a quarantine. Well, but I then mean, the other the other thing is you got to look at like, in DC's case, Ruby and Genlock are done. Technically, their print their digital run is done. Yeah. So those books are already done. And digital, on digital, they were just doing the the print versions. Mm, yeah, I mean, also they're still going to be coming out with the trade. So once the trade gets out, I'm definitely going to get them. So it 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 sucks because it's going to be like floppy, floppy, floppy trade. But at the same time, it's at least I'll have the whole story. I'll be able to read it whenever I want. Right. So. Um, we all know that there was uh, so the Sandman universe was no, has is no uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Sandman stuff know. is getting canceled. Uh, so yeah. the Sandman <laughs> universe uh, has two titles that are getting that are the same thing is happening too. We talked about how Supergirl and the, and the Terrifics are going to finish up their run on uh, digital only. Uh, Lucifer is really interesting. So the last so Lucifer's last six issues will be released as one graphic novel. So it's just coming out as a trade. Yes. Yeah, so, so the last like six issues are coming out as a as a trade. So it's like what Fables did. Well, Fables is a little different. Fables was one issue that ballooned into a trade length. For, into a trade length, okay. it wasn't a collection. It was just okay. it, that last volume is the 150th issue. If anything, uh, this is the better approach. Instead of releasing three issues physically and then the not the three issues, right? So this is better. This would be a better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, just like cutting it off and being like, okay, we're just putting out a trade of it. I think this is the better that's, idea. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. Um, what are the Sandman titles? Do you know? Lucifer, Okay. Hellblazer. Uh, no, it is Hellblazer. It is Hellblazer? He that just book just it. came out, didn't it? <laughs> well, Hellblazer isn't... We don't know if Hellblazer is canceled yet. Okay. Oh, that's what I'm asking. I'm asking which okay. titles are... Sam oh. titles canceled. Lucifer and House of Whispers. Okay. Oh, just those two? Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's all we got. That's all we know so far. So Lucifer... I was going to uh, say, if it's Hellblazer, I'm pissed. <laughs> yeah. So right, so Lucifer is the is the is the going to be released as just one trade. The last six issues will just be released as a trade. House of Whispers, which is the other Sandman title on this list, um, their their last two issues will only be released digitally, uh, and then obviously will be collected in a trade afterwards. Again, that's 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 shitty. 
but yeah. that's par for the course now. Um, and in an unrelated news, Catwoman's getting a new creative team. Yeah. Uh, Ram V uh, and Fernando Blaco uh, is taking over the series from issue 25 from uh, Sean Murphy and Blake Northcott with artist uh, Cian Torme. Um, I had nowhere else to put that, so I was just like, it's, this, this is, is also uh, a thing. Ian Tormey is great. Um, he does a lot of Doctor Doom uh, Marvel work, so I'm really excited he's going to there. Um, Sean Murphy, you guys know Sean Murphy. He's great. Um, Sean Murphy is not a comic skater. The problem is he hangs out with comic skaters, and Blake Northcott is a comic skater, so that's why they're leaving the team. Yeah, uh, I heard. So, uh, so it's good that these, uh, much love to Sean Murphy, but stop hanging out with assholes. Much, uh, much love to Ram V. That dude's really cool. He's really great on Twitter, and he's very excited to take over Catwoman. Um, I might check out at least the first issue because I like Catwoman and I like. I've been, I've really enjoyed Ram V. Ram V took over um, Just League Dark from James Tinian. Yeah, okay. um, and well, it's been really that good. Looks good. Yeah, I'm gonna check it out. Cool. I like yeah. that guy a lot. I know him more like on Twitter than as a comic book writer, which is cool. yeah. Uh, he's a cool dude. I've, I've, I've. He came out of nowhere and then immediately like exploded. Yeah. Uh, so I was, I was excited to see that he's getting another book. Same. Um, okay, so we got some, we got some other news, some TV show news. Let's get through some stuff with the TVs. Uh, we'll talk about probably the most exciting one for all of us, I believe. Well, actually, maybe the second one's more exciting. But anyway, um, Upgrade. We're all big fans of the movie Upgrade. Oh, yeah. Right? Uh, that movie's excellent. Ben, you haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet. Right. Okay. So Upgrade, uh, great movie. Lee Winnell, Um, He is developing Upgrade the series for Blumhouse. Upgrade will be getting a sequel series um, with Lee Winnell and Tim Walsh. Tim Walsh recently on Treadstone, which was canceled by the USA Network recently. Um is going to serve. They they are both going to sh- serve as showrunner, and Wanell will direct every episode. Beautiful. That's the type of creative team I like to see. Yeah. Right. Um, writer producers Crystal Ziv Houghton and James Rowland, uh, which were the showrunners for The Purge season two, uh, have joined the writer staff. Beautiful. Um, so this is what the trade has to say. Upgrade the series picks up a few years after the events of the film and broadens the universe with an evolved version of STEM and a new host. Imagining a world in which the government repurposes STEM to help curb criminal activity. Oh boy, it's going to be like RoboCop. Yeah! <laughs> I hope I hope Logan Marshall Green still shows up somewhere. Me too. Um, it can happen. That guy. That guy's not too big. No, I was gonna say. Also, there was that show Limitless. Uh, Limitless is a pretty cool movie with Bradley Cooper. And then they, out of nowhere, made a USA show. But he was in that show. Bradley yeah. Cooper was nice enough to be in that show. And he's a superstar. So, like, yeah, you can get you can get uh, uh, Logan Marshall Green to come back a little bit. Yeah. Ooh, interestingly, and interestingly enough, this show would be something that would air on USA. But since USA is moving away from scripted content, this is not going to air on USA. On the USA. <laughs> what were you gonna say, Ben? No, I was gonna say I remember seeing ads for that on CBS. For uh, uh, limitless, limitless, oh, yeah. Like okay. the, for the for the, the the big poll with the with the pilot episode was here's Bradley Cooper. Yeah, he's in like four episodes of that show, I think. Yeah, he's in it more than mm. I expected. Um, yeah. I've always wanted to watch it because I think that movie is pretty oh, underrated. I like the movie a lot. I like the movie yeah. a lot. I uh, saw so only saw the beginning, then I did other stuff. Um, yeah, so that's really exciting. I'm super stoked for that series. I really like that yeah. movie. Uh, again, like Same. anytime, like you have a property and then the creative team is not a- attached to it, that worries me. But if he's fully involved all the way, then I I have no reason to worry. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then, th- so this came from, so this came from a couple of sources that I generally don't like, but one of theirs, one of them's hit ratio is 
better than the miss ratio. So it's the Kingdom Hearts TV series on Disney Plus, mm-hmm. is what we're getting at. So the so um, Cinema Spot, MCU Cosmic, and the Diz Insider, two of three of them I don't really I I don't buy as viable sources, yeah. uh, are claiming that Square Enix is working on a CG animated series for Disney Plus using the Unreal Engine, uh, based on based on Kingdom Hearts. Um, I've I know that MCU Cosmic is a big rumor dude and he hits more than he misses. Um, but cinema spot and Disney insider are the wild cards here. So I'm, yeah. I'm willing to believe this. Um, Cause there's, I'm but I'm, tep- I'm trepidatious. I'm willing to believe uh, Jeremy Conrad. He's the one guy that, that is pretty good about getting these rumors on point. When we were talking about when we were watching the super bowl and we were like, he was like, all right, this is when the, the Ant-Man or like when the, uh, the uh, Disney plus thing is going to hit like this. So this is when black widow is going to hit like this. And he was right. Every time, like he has yeah. his inside sources. The other people are probably just leeching off him. I bet. I, I really think that. Yeah. What, what I think is, I think that they're definitely, they're definitely discussing it. Yeah. I think they're definitely like developing the ideas of it, whether that means it'll actually come to fruition because this has happened once before with kingdom hearts. We know that they got to the point where they were storyboarding an animated show. Some of those storyboards have come out. Uh, this was a long time ago. It was going to happen. And then Disney was ultimately like, nah, that could happen again. Yeah, sure. I'm sure yeah, that they're, I'm sure it's an avenue they're discussing, though. Yeah. Um, this would be obviously a Disney Plus TV series. <laughs> um, she, yeah, Mag says, my curiosity would still be confused with the story. Yeah. Boy, it'd be impressive if it could if it could make that story less confusing. Oh, uh, they could streamline it somehow. Nah, just make it as confusing as Twin Peaks. What I'd like, honestly, I'd almost like it not to be an adaptation of the games, Me but too. like a story. Of the manga? No, but mm-hmm. like a story taking place uh, outside of that. Like different characters? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, like, or or more focus on Aqua or more focus on the stuff before. Something that actually expands and makes sense of the lore that existed before Sora. Instead of just yeah. retreading, I don't think stuff. that's what they'll do. I think it's just straight up going to be adaptations just, of games you know. because they, they they want to. But um, yeah. if it happens, uh, I do think this is probably true because I think that Disney wants more content on Disney Plus that appeals to international markets. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah, and that would be wild. Like I, I Kingdom Hearts, something like live action or animated, it's bound to happen eventually. Um, obviously, animated is the way I'd want to go. Like I, it, it, my little my childhood heart screams when just thinking of like cloud and goofy hanging out with each other on disney plus like like just thinking about that's like yeah, yeah. oh man that could really actually happen wow. i think that i think the nice thing about doing it anime is you can get so much of the voice cast back exactly. whether it's the ones oh, yeah. from the movies or the ones from the games whatever yeah um but uh and i think you lose that if you do live action there's no, no i agree to do it no i wouldn't that'd be way too much i remember even like, a year ago we talked about like fascinated in the car had you do a live action one but it would just be it'd be so much easier to do animated. to be honest what i'd really like is if they actually expanded if they were adapting the games i wish that they would expand more on how the involvement of sora and the gang actually changes the events and the way they interact with the disney characters rather than like them kind of being ancillary to more or less the plot of the movie happening okay yeah ben you want to say something now i was gonna say that this is actually one of the first times that i can remember where disney i mean besides obviously making sure the quality is like up to disney's um is up to disney's like standards because normally, when you talk about Kingdom Hearts, that's all Square. Disney just loans the characters to them, and then nothing else happens. Like, I remember when Kingdom Hearts came back in 2002, I was just thinking, there has to be something at, like, at Disneyland for Kingdom Hearts. Nothing. 
now only recently, only a few like a handful of times did uh, Donald and Goofy come out in their Kingdom Hearts costumes at the I park. I sent you a picture of one. Yeah, you did. You did. Yeah. But besides that, nothing. Nothing for Kingdom Hearts. Just fans, and the rest was all square. So Man, hearing that Disney wants to do something with Kingdom Hearts makes me happy. But I'm also curious as to who's going to write it, who's going to direct it, what exactly what's going to happen. Because obviously Nomura is busy with the Final Fantasy stuff right now. With the, um, well, wouldn't, they wouldn't get the video game guy to make the, the TV show. Prob- probably they, not. What's interesting, well, what's interesting, well, what's interesting is that they're, is that according to these rumors, that they are getting the video game companies to design the animated series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Square's, I mean, they, Square has done movies before. I mean, look at Final Fantasy, you have a Children and Kingsglaive. Spirited um, Away. Nope, spirit in. That's the one. You need you need someone to get all the lore information that Nomura wants in it, and then like translate it into a yeah. cohesive story that actually <laughs> can be attained. <laughs> now, here's the here's the thing: is cohesive in Kingdom Hearts? Can you use that in the same sentence? Yes, but only <laughs> if you talk about Birth by Sleep. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Everything else is too confusing. Got it. That's, man, that's Disney has. Man. Honestly, Kingdom Hearts One is pretty straightforward. Yeah. it's hard to lose it, your way with it. Kingdom yeah. Hearts One is super straightforward. Yeah. Kingdom Hearts yeah. Two starts off straightforward, then kind of gets a little wonky, and then the second you gain to Dream Job Distance, everything's just out the freaking window. Dude, like the marketing, like Kingdom Hearts really could be like a billion dollar franchise for them. Like, like surprisingly, like. It, they haven't utilized it more is is i wonder if it's just because there's so many different companies involved but like you have donald duck and pirates of the caribbean and tron and mickey mouse all I, together I will, this should be a huge franchise i will always remember that i was shocked that there was no nod to kingdom hearts in wreck it ralph wreck it ralph 2 yeah yeah like oh, for yeah. Real, this is like this once, is once they were Brothers. in the internet i'm like there's got to be like someone with a keyblade yeah. walking around in the background yeah. or something there right was like, nothing World. Like even yeah, like that's the thing because the Kingdom Hearts. I mean, yeah, Disney helps with the characters, but that's an entirely a Square Enix developed game. That's a that's a Square first party title, is, and but they just Kingdom Hearts three. There's not very many Final Fantasy characters. It's almost all yeah. Disney. Well, that's uh, because Nomura wanted it that way. He wanted them to focus on the the original characters and the Disney worlds, and he wanted and he didn't and he didn't want to bring the Final Fantasy characters. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was for like $10 less. It was still too expensive to me. Yeah, uh, it's not until a DLC when the Final Fantasy characters show up. And yeah. it's like, even then, it's like, okay, where's my Sephiroth fight? I still don't get my Sephiroth fight, even the DLC, and that pisses me off. Everything, everything I've heard from that DLC is like $15 at best worth it. Yeah, um, yeah it's something. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't think that their that disney cares that much or takes seriously their video game capable audiences certainly in the past decade yeah uh that's mm-hmm. been evidenced by all of their outputs related to video games which is funny because they make record ralph right and which is which is a video game and yeah. didn't capitalize on yeah it. it's like yeah they have like well, an entire did, that they could really they didn't make arcade cabinets for it no i know but they didn't capitalize on it yeah you're right they didn't like there's an entire man like there's like really a billion dollar industry that they could just like it's right there People love video games and they love Disney. Just use it, baby. You can do it. You can do it. I truly think Disney Infinity was their best chance at like breaking the mold of like Disney video gaming if they hadn't cut it short of its like yeah. true vision that they were going for in their for- fourth phase. Yeah. Um, because that's like the video game people behind Disney Infinity have talked about. Like the fourth phase is where we were really going to take the game to the point where we think everybody wanted it to be. Uh, 
man. Yeah, towards the life, they all they they all just die. They all die. Yeah. Well, we know why that one died though. That was they they moved the funds out. They pulled. They canceled all their game stuff, not just Disney Infinity, Disney but they games, canceled yeah. all their video game stuff because Shanghai Disneyland cost too much money. Yeah. So we suffer. Um. All right. Anyways, um, yeah. That's all I have to say about Kingdom Hearts. The show. Oh yeah, it's happening. Baby. Let's see. Let's see uh, how far it gets. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we all all liked. I'm assuming that those of us who have seen it really liked the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo movie. The English one. Yeah. Uh, sorry, the American one. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. yeah. I seen um, it. Well, they are making a TV series. Um, currently, it's just titled The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. However, it's 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 theoretically not going to be an adaptation of that book or the books in general. Uh, be very loose adaptation of them uh it will be about lisbeth slander uh Selander, the main character of those of those novels um and it's going to tell a new story with new characters and settings uh and bring it to the more modern world um sounds kind of cool actually more modern world i think because the books are technically now period pieces i guess <laughs> the books aren't that old though i know uh, but he's modern to make it whatever okay um, yeah, they I've, just use modern to be like it's 2020 instead of 2011. So I've seen the the David the David Fincher uh, American movie, and I've seen the original Swedish movies. Um, I didn't see the sequel movie. That's that was the new movie. This is this not that I, was the latest book. Yeah, the latest book that was with um, Rudy Mara, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't see it, but um, I'm a big fan of of uh, cool hacker ladies who hate sexism and pigs. Like I'm a big fan of that genre. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so like I'm totally down to watch the show as long as the creative team's great. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I don't know how I feel about them doing something that's moving so far away from the character written in the books. Yeah, uh, like just because like, the reason people read those books, just because uh, the original author and his son have been the people who have who have written that character. And I'm like, I, I mean, like, if you're going far away from it, why? Why do it? Why do it? Yeah. Like, um, if he's not going to be the protagonist, then, like, what's the... Well, she is, no, she is the protagonist. It's going to okay. be about Elizabeth Land. It's, so it's just going to be, like, made New up scenarios. out of something different. This is, this is like, going back to what she just said about Upgrade. It's not the original creative team creating this thing, yeah. so I don't have a lot of faith in it. Yeah, it's, um... Uh, no, we don't know who's on it yet. We just know that okay. Amazon is, is developing it. Personally, I would have rather just seen the sequel to the David Fincher yeah. Yeah. movies. Okay. <laughs> Yes, I would. I wish David Fincher had been able to do the rest of the books. Yeah, at least yeah. the the original three. I don't know that they needed to go past that as far as like David Fincher's yeah. movies, but those Swedish ones are really good. Mm -hmm. So I don't know that you really needed to retread that water. I didn't even think that when the David Fincher one came out, even though I liked it. Yeah. Um, but I definitely, uh, I definitely don't know how I feel about it going forward without. If it's gonna be just like a tradition, we'll like a traditional looking like hacker show without like David Fincher's type of aesthetic, because like his aesthetic worked really well with that with that like universe and like how dark and like like how just shitty people are, right? Um, and like you really have to make that fit. Like I'll, it can't be toned down. I'll pinpoint it for you because I haven't read all the books, but I've read most of them. And what it is is that David, uh, sorry, um, the those uh, the author's name escapes me, but um, the those books. Are great, thank you. Modern detective stories. They really are. They're modern mystery stories that really work. And I do mean like the modern, like Girl with the Dragon Tattoo still fits as a modern mystery. Sure. Um, and, and they're really good for that. And I don't think that those stories have been designed in a way where you could do it for television. They really do feel like film encapsulations. Padding it into a television show doesn't really make sense to me. I feel like you're going to lose more than you're going to gain those 
books are intricate and well-crafted just as well as any mystery film is like Knives Out or things like that. Both um, Christopher which, Plummer. Is, which is why the film adaptations for have for the most part worked so well. So, so first off, I don't think that the, that the stories that have revolved around that character would translate well to television in general. And then I, I really don't think that when you're doing it based off nothing. I think it's going to be too far stretched yeah. when what it's what those stories are so good at are keeping the details tight and compact around the center story. You know, it's very much just building upon its focused center thing. All of the books did that. Um, and I think the television is going to try to get too broad and lose yeah. the the heart and soul of what makes the stories be, good. You're going to have to be a one hell of a writer to create a complex, like, thought-provoking murder mystery that's not based off the books that compares to the books you know if you're not going to use the source material you better be one hell of a writer to try to compete with it you know uh so yeah. that's uh, go for it guys good luck, good luck. um all right so let's move into some movie news um sonic the hedgehog 2 was announced this week that it is in fact moving forward with a sequel cool good so sonic Go the hedgehog is getting a sequel jeff fowler is returning to direct this the, the sequel pat casey and josh miller who wrote the first film returning to write this film as well Cool. Okay. I kind of, I kind of wish we were getting different writers, but that's okay. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we'll finally get the Sonic Hedgehog movie Ben and I wanted. Yeah. yeah. There's no, uh, there's no date on when it's supposed to start. No casting announcements made, but that, but they I are. Uh, as someone who like, thought the movie was fine, like I liked it fine enough. Um, I am glad that the people who did make it fine are given a chance to try to make it better, uh, to see if they can like realize their vision or whatever. Uh, so that's going to be cool to see if they are, if they can do something with, with a bigger budget and more freedom, or they just buckle under it and just make another whatever. My biggest thing remains that I just want them to write Sonic to be a more confident character. Yeah. Because yeah. that's such a key characteristic that I think was absent. Yeah. Right. Um, all right. The Wolfman, uh, the the remake. Um, oh, wait. And Mag says, and hoping more Sonic characters. Hey! Yeah. You saw that post credit scene. You know who's coming. They'll get Damn Tails. Right. Tails and Silver the Hedgehog. My favorite. Silver. Shut up, Sparks. Uh, so the Wolfman, uh, Universal's, Universal's remake Silver. of Universal's remake of the Wolfman is getting some traction again now that the Invisible Man was a huge success. Um, Ryan Gosling is in talks to Star. Apparently, he pitched the story to Universal. That's what's interesting. He's like, "Hey, I want to be the Wolfman." I'm like, "Heck yeah, yeah Ryan Gosling." Um, the they've attached writers Lauren Shooker and short Lauren Shooker Blum and Rebecca Angelo, uh, who wrote Orange of the New Black, who wrote on Orange of the New Black, or they created. I wasn't sure which. Um, uh, so yeah, that, that's really all we know about that project so far. It is really interesting that he he is not signed on to cast, but this is his story that he pitched. He's like producing basically, yeah. Yeah, so I thought I thought that was interesting, and he obviously it's likely he'll star. So this I love, um, I love me some baby goose. So this is right now not a Blumhouse production. This is a Universal Studios production. Um, Paul, this joins Paul Feig's Dark Army with Universal, and Elizabeth Banks is the Invisible Woman with Universal, and uh, Karen Kasum, Kas, Kas, Kusama for Blumhouse's Dracula. Mm, okay, yeah. So this would be the fourth quote-unquote Dark Universe movie in active development. I, if, if they are in fact connected. Well, I'm just saying, like in the in the realm of like these are the these are their remakes of the Universal monsters now. Yeah, since yeah, Invisible yeah. Man, these were all the ones that have been announced. Yeah. Yes. Um Honestly, like I I would kind of hope 
after Invisible Man that all of these Universal Monster movies would be more in line with the Invisible Man. We're dealing with like a much more personal, small scale story because when I get when I hear Ryan Gosling and the Wolfman in in the way of the Invisible Man, I think like a like a body horror, like a guy dealing with his own trauma of being a Wolfman instead of like an action movie, right? That's what I want to see because that's what that's like the line I see this direction going, and I'm like, yeah. oh, please be that. Please don't just be like another Wolfman. Oh right. man, yeah. I I I agree. I think that I and I think Universal at this point knows that too. Um, so. Dark Army is the is the outlier in this in that it was a, it was a leftover from when they announced the Dark Universe, um, and it is still like an active production. If you want to ask me, the one that should still be an active production is Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah, it is a yeah. crime that Bill Condon is not doing Bride of Frankenstein anymore. What happens, man? Come on. Um, but yeah, I look. I like the Invisible Man a whole lot. The Invisible Man gave me a lot of. Uh, faith that they could uh, adapt these old stories for a modern audience in a good way and not yeah. just the way that we saw with the mummy. So hopefully we'll, we'll continue to see that with these new ones. Just, just make these, make these universal movies and how they made the old ones, just low, low budget and small scale, like make yeah. Dracula, how Dracula was made just in a castle of people. Like and make like, it a horror movie. Yeah. I want nothing more. Like, again, like I defend, uh, uh, Dracula Untold because that movie's stupid and he turns into a giant bat hand and smashes an army. But that's not the Dracula I want to see. I want to... You haven't seen it? No. Oh, baby. He turns into a giant bat hand in the sky and smashes an army. It's Dracula. It's Castlevania. It's Castlevania. Boy, um, I'm going to need you to watch Dracula. Yeah, it's, it's fun. I think it's what'd fun. You, what'd, you say, what'd you say, Sparks? I said some things are better left untold. Yes. Sparks, um, I'm going to need you to watch Dracula like Untold. Damon uh, but that being said, like I like my Dracula to be like a dude who like seduces people, like and be like small scale. Like I like that Bella Lugosi Dracula. I've seen my Penny Dreadfuls. I don't need that world dominating Dracula. I like my small Draculas. I would love to have the era of those movies back again. And with with Invisible Man, it kind of seems like it. Let's hope they stick with it. Let's hope they stick with it exactly. Yeah. And Invisible Man's got a good got a, got a good roadmap for them uh, as far as what they should do. Uh, hopefully, they stick to it. Let's hope it's. It's from Iron Man, and they don't turn it into an Iron Man 2 situation. Sure. That one that still feels weird to me is the invisible woman that has nothing to do with the Yeah, that was so weird. Yeah. I mean, I mean I'm a fan of Elizabeth Banks, but I'm like... Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that last Invisible Man movie was real good, and I think people are going to think about that and then go to Invisible Woman and be like, what the hell? 100. 100. Even at the end of The Invisible Man kind of sets up Invisible Woman, you think about because she has the suit at the end of the movie. But it's unrelated. It's unrelated. Yeah. That's the, so funny. It's probably it's, not even going to be the same way that they're invisible. Yeah, I don't think it'll be that suit. It's wow. weird. Um, yeah, I, 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 uh, I really quickly want to talk a little bit about Dracula Untold, just slightly, because Ryan brought it up. Uh, Ryan, you and I are the only two on this podcast, I think, who've seen Dracula Untold. Three. Yeah. All right, Ben, you've seen it. Uh, uh, Sparks, when I referenced God's, the end of Godzilla, King of the Monsters, I was referencing Dracula Untold. Because it is, they've re they reshot a lot of that movie to make Charles Dance a proto Dracula. So Dracula is not even the first Dracula um, to make him a proto vampire, and, and he's gross and disgusting. And then at the end of the movie, he's fine and Charles Dance and looking alive. And it jumps forward into 2016, where uh, where we meet Mina Harker and uh, what's Luke Evans, right? Yeah. 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 Oh, and yeah. he's in the and he's there seducing Mina Harker, and then they walk to and then you just see Charles dance at a table like hmm yes, and then he walks away. And he's like the game is on. 
the, and then the game is on has become like a meme on Twitter. Like um, the, the, the weekly planet uses it a lot. It's yeah. like, oh, setting up like a bad sequel. The game is on is the bad sequel it's, setup. It's you're setting up a sequel that will never happen. Yeah, the game is um, on. Because it's, it's so weird that they did that because Dracula Untold was in production when the Dark Universe was like rumbling. So they were just like, we can make this right. We can make this Dark Universe. So they did the Charles Dance thing because of that. That just one last thing on Dracula Untold because I the production the thing behind baby the, I could talk about Dracula Untold all day. <laughs> the reason I think that movie I like that movie because it turned out decent when it should have been a piece of shit because that entire half of that movie got reshot just like Fantastic Four. Yeah. Um, there was the Baba Yaga witch character who was taken out of the movie completely. Yeah. She's the reason that Dracula becomes Dracula, and it's this entire and like you can watch interviews with the actress. She's like, "Yeah, I'm not even in that movie, and I got paid a lot of money, and I'm in half that movie that's not in that movie anymore." And I'm like, "You guys had something, and then the game is on." Personally, <laughs> take me back to when McRory from Legends of Tomorrow was Dracula in ba- in Blade Trinity. Oh no. <laughs> 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 Personally, God. take me back to Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula. Yeah, with that bad lean, uh, uh, bad accent from uh, Keanu Reeves. Yeah. There you go. Um, okay. Anyway, lots of. Uh, I have not seen this movie, but I think uh, well, I think you guys have. Lab- Labyrinth is getting a sequel. Oh. Yeah. <sighs> so Scott Derrickson is working is attached to direct the sequel to Labyrinth with Maggie Levin writing the script apparently the, from a script originally written by nicole perlman so. who did guardians and um, kick-ass kingsman. Yeah. kingsman kingsman and yeah. um captain marvel story captain marvel but not script yeah. yeah um so that that's that's cool why it's a great question uh, why is anything get remade or rebooted because dark crystal did really well See, that's that's my thing. Like, I love Labyrinth, and I'm I would be one of the people who's saying I don't need a sequel, but with the right creative team, anything works. We saw Dark Crystal; that clearly works. Yeah. So, like, I have there's no reason for me to to disagree with this. And I like Scott Derrickson as a director. I like puppets. And he and he likes this movie enough to actually want to be a part of this. This this doesn't feel like to me a a studio cash grab. This feels like to me like this guy has a vision that he wants to do. Yes. Which is what we always say should be the way that they yeah. do these things. And if, if Dark Crystal wasn't out, I'd probably feel differently. But now that I've seen two eighths, four eighths of Dark Crystal, um, I, I know that quality is there. So I, I'm not really worried. Gary Oldman is Dracula. Yep. Yeah. Oh, he's so gross. I love it. Sparks, what, what, were, you, what were you saying? Uh, it's hard for me to envision a Labyrinth sequel that doesn't have David Bowie. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's they'll bring like, him back to the dead like they're doing James Dean. There you go. No, they'll just uh, they'll just walk into the labyrinth and they'll look at a little etching on the wall and they'll be like, "Look, David Bowie was here, like Alan from Jumanji." <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Or like I, this, is, or even worse, it's like this is the the castle that Jareth the Goblin King uh, inhabited, but then he left for some reason. He's gone. Yeah. He doesn't control the labyrinth anymore. Um, could he were- could he potentially have a different face? Could they like? Figure that out and make him a, make it a different. This is the Imaginarium of Doctor Parnassus. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, there's a lot of like fan casting, like who could be the new Goblin King? Because like David Bowie is obviously a, a presence. He is a a sexual icon, a sexual icon, tyrant, Tyrannosaurus, the quote predator. Um, a lot of people are saying Janelle Monet would be a really good choice because she oozes personality and sexuality in a really interesting way. I think she'd be a good choice for the Goblin Goblin Queen. Maybe there's like a Brendan Urie was a good choice. He's a great singer with a presence with. He can just like throw his junk in people's faces against all the goblins. Um, I hope that movie 
I, I want more puppet movies because we don't get I, that. Them. I agree with. So like, yeah. hey, if Labyrinth Two has to come out to get another puppet movie, I'm there for it because again, Dark Crystal proved to me that I there's no reason for me to think this could be bad. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. Dark Crystal. I mean, with the with Dark Crystal, it was just like it's phenomenal. We can't stop talking about how good the puppetry in that move in that in that That's, that true, is. That's why we've talked That's about that whole, talked about the whole show. That's true. <laughs> yeah, you're uh, right. But you guys did stop talking about it. True. We did stop talking about it. We literally. God damn it! I had a thing and now I lost it. Sorry. Oh no. No. The crystals. Okay. With the I branded what you said. If someone has a true vision and it's not a cash grab, they can make a labyrinth sequel great. And I applaud it because labyrinth is a fantastical world. And seeing what they can do, what they could take from the original vision of the eighties and slap it into with today's technology and with today's advancements. It could be fantastic, and I'm all for it. On the other hand, it's one of those films. It's one of those things. It's like it doesn't need a sequel, but if it, if the creative team is all for it and they want to create something amazing, go for it. Yeah, like it, again, like we we cover news every week about sequel reboot thing. Like at at this point in my life, like as long as the creative team, I like like until I see a bad trailer, there's it's hard for me to care about exactly. things. Like it's, I like Scott Derrickson, so for right now, that's all you know. I'm I'm on board. Mm-hmm. Sure. So yeah. a bad trailer. Um, okay. Uh, real quickly, we have some Borderlands news. Um, this is actually a, a bouncing off of from what happened last week. Um, yes, I, I, I like that you put this on here because we didn't talk about it last week. So, but yeah, I thought this was um, this was talked about last week, but made confirmed this week. Uh, Kate Blanchett has been cast as the character Lilith in Borderlands. Um, like I said, the, the the they signed on the dotted line this week, so this was yeah. this was what I was waiting for. Um, so Borderlands, directed by Eli Roth, written by the guy who did Chernobyl, Chernobyl. now starring Kate Blanchett. Um, this seems like a winner. This seems like a winner to me. Like Eli Roth, his track record isn't great, but like that dude knows how to shoot a movie. Uh, like his action's good. I like Kate Blanchett. He I has love he has a sense of humor that fits the game. He has a, a yes. The totally those games are super sarcastic and very tongue in cheek. And Kate Blanchett like bringing some of that hella vibe to it, like like that sarcasm and, and wit, like dark wit. Or Phyllis Schlafly. Or yes. Phyllis Schlafly. Yeah. Um, the fact that they honestly got Kate Blanchett is very surprising, and in um, it makes me really excited because like. Borderlands as a franchise is really cool. It's about alien treasure hunters. It's alien Indiana Jones. Um, so I'm I'm very excited. Like that this is actually moving forward fa- like quickly. I'm mm-hmm. I'm very excited. Yeah. Um and th- this this I was actually kind of avoiding to talk about because I I'll be honest, I didn't believe it was real. Uh, <laughs> but Doug Lyman has attached himself to the Tom Cruise movie. That will be shot in space, thanks oh, to yeah. Elon Musk. And this is not um, Live, Die, Repeat 2, right? Because they say they oh. want to make that still. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this <laughs> will be his next movie after Mission Impossible 8. Um, uh, right? Seven, yeah, 7 and 8. Um, after Mission Impossible 8. And uh, Doug Lyman apparently wrote the first draft. It'll be an action film set completely in outer space, shot in outer space with Elon Musk uh providing this is how we finally lose tom cruise <laughs> <laughs> is this how we finally like not that i want it i'm just saying like is this the stunt too far is this the thing the space what doesn't get tom cruise back i think the question is i think is this what tom i think tom cruise wants to die <laughs> <laughs> 
he's he's attaching himself to airplanes. He's jumping out of buildings without tethers, being crazy. He's like, what? How can I die? Like, uh, he wants he space? wants he wants to die doing the biggest stunt, yeah. or he wants to be stopped from yeah. doing the biggest stunt because he did the mummy. Yeah. And I think he's like, well, they're not going to stop me after this. Yeah, go big or go home. He got hypothermia, uh, either doing the mummy or Mission Impossible. One of them where he's hanging out inside of an airplane, and he's like, you know what? Hypothermia is not enough. What if I want to go in space and actually? That was Mission Impossible Five. Five? Shit, that was, wow. That dude is crazy. I cannot wait to see what this movie is. Well, you mean fire movie? What? What? That's a, what? That's, you know how long movies take, Tom? Come on. I know, he's going to be in space like, for a while. When, we, when, you, when they shoot um, zero-G uh, scenes in movies, they do, they do like, the, the airplane that goes, like, through the, the yeah. right? Yes, yeah. Multiple, multiple times. So that means they're either doing that a million times, or he's actually fucking going to space. He yeah. is. He is actually going to space. That's why no, Elon Musk is a part of this. He is going to figure out how to put Tom Cruise in space. Are they seriously going to rent a wing of the International Space Station just so Tom Cruise can stay there while, in between I shots? Believe, I wholeheartedly believe that Elon Musk is going to build a studio, put it on the moon, and just shoot it there. Dude, I would. It's so crazy that he's had to fire and like renegotiate his insurance contracts because he wants to do bigger, bigger stunts. And they're like, Tom, it is you are too expensive. We cannot allow you to do this. So he's like, cool, I'm gonna buy out that company and now I'm my own insurance policy. I'm like, he's truly insane. He wants to die. <laughs> Guys, it's crazy to know that we're gonna spend at least eight months living on a world for the first time in our lives that Tom Cruise isn't on. But not dead. Transfer to his consciousness to space. He's just in space. Oh, Man. who knows? Maybe this is his way of just getting out. Because that's, that's his plan. He's yeah. going out looking for his god <laughs> that he left. It turns oh. out this is actually a long-form documentary series. Oh my god! Jesus. Yeah, uh, I, I when I heard about when I first heard about. Sorry, real quick. The thing is, this will happen. The movie will do well. Tom will be like, let's do a sequel. I want to go further. I want to go to the moon. I want to go to the moon. No, further. Further, because this will obviously go to the moon. Tom, let's go to the moon. Hey, let's freaking go to Jupiter for all he cares. When I first heard about this, when I first heard Tom Cruise has teamed up with Elon Musk to shoot a movie in space, I was like, okay, whatever. And then Doug Lyman attached his love. I'm like... I didn't look into it. Huh. I thought it was like a commercial or it was like, I just saw Elon Musk and Tom Cruise working together to go to space. And I'm like, are they going to film like a commercial together because Tom Cruise, he wants to go to space? No, he's just nuts and wants to make a movie. It's an action movie. Yeah. In space. In, what I love about... Um, it's that one scene in Ad Astra, but like the whole movie. Ah, uh, the monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> scene of monkeys. No, no, no. Where they're racing on the moon. Oh, with the, the, guns. the lunar pirates. It's that whole thing. But a Dude, movie. I could deal with some more lunar pirates. That seems cool. Yeah. Um, if yeah, it takes if cool. it's if it takes Tom Cruise and Elon Musk to further our our exploration of space, if Hollywood is the reason we go further into space, let's do it, baby. Let's make let's do real world uh, Jupiter. I'll do it. I don't care. Let's go. It's bold to I can't go. Believe it's real news. <laughs> All right. Anyway, let's get some trailers. I can't wait until they have to CGI more space in space space enough can you put more space can you space? wait i'm sorry uh venus is in the shot can you paint it out we've been in space for so long now real space doesn't look good yeah oh, oh no what or they know? need to they need to like change the angles and stuff because space doesn't stay consistent enough from oh yeah would you like applebee's and subway yeah. 
In Ad Astra. In Ad Astra, yeah. There was oh, an Applebee's yeah. restaurant at the Lunar Base. That's the nightmare, the space Applebee's. Okay, anyways. <laughs> Tom Cruise is the next Pluto Nash. For real. Oh, no. <laughs> let's, get into, let's get into trailers. Uh, um, okay, let's talk about Wallace and Gromit, the, the, the bog fix-up. Oops, the big fix-up. Um, I put this one on there because I know that Sparks, you're a big fan of Wallace and Gromit. I am. I'm a big fan of all Aardman productions. Um, I I didn't think that this is how we would get more Wallace and Gromit. A mobile game. Yeah. But it's I, stop motion. It's a stop motion mobile game. Yes, yeah. and that's surprising. Um, yeah. But I thought, I honestly thought we'd get another show or movie or collection of shorts before, before this. This is, uh, this is unexpected. Not unwelcome. But weird. Now here's the thing: we don't know any information on like how much it is, if it's a free to play, what type of game it is. Most mobile games suck. So unless it's unless it costs you money, I really, I really wish you stopped there. <laughs> Most mobile games do suck though. Um, if they're free to play, they have a lot of predatory things that make that make you spend money to keep playing the game. And this doesn't story based. I, I highly doubt it's uh, free to play. Yeah, I imagine it's like a six dollar thing. That's what I, I imagine. It's like the Telltale games, which yes. you can get on mobile devices. I yeah. imagine it's like that because that's more or less what I picture it. That's what like. I. That's what I hope. And it will be. The thing is that, like, if this is still Ardman Productions, and it is. Yeah doing Wallace and Gromit, I'm like, well, the content's going to be good. They're doing the stop motion. You're still watching a Wallace and Gromit story. You're just somehow interacting with it, too, but you're still watching it through. Yeah, like a telltale. Yeah. I'll do it. Uh, okay. Then we got a trailer for... Uh, I'm glad that those characters are still around around, and that they still want to do something with them. Yeah. Right. Um, so then we got, a, we got a trailer for Star Wars Jedi Temple Challenge. We knew this was coming. This is the... Um, uh, Ahmed Best uh, reality game show uh, with kids learning to be uh, Jedi or potentially go to the dark side. I thought this looked really charming, and Ahmed Best looks like a really cool Jedi. If uh, if I can't show... wait for that first kid that like dicks the team, yeah, by going to the dark See, side. See, that's what I'm curious about. If there's actually a dark side element where you can like uh, betray your team, that's what I'm very interested in. Because I like it changes the game. Yeah, absolutely, and it changes the game. That'd be sick because I'd love to see some eight year olds like like betray their friends and like see that on tv and i'm like ahmed best is like oh he's gone to the dark side and then and then make it dramatic and then he's like got a whole different arena he's, got and he's competing against the jedis yeah. and like this if that's if, why if this would have came out 20 years ago like I, this would have been my shit because i love legends of the hidden temple i love star wars like this all seems really fun this seems really fun. and it looks like a, it's got a lot of production value we saw the droids they look really good Yep. Um, they're using the 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 lightsabers, the high end lightsabers that they've gotten from. Uh, yeah. the, you know. the the sets look really good too. Yeah. Like the whole arena for them to play in. I'm I'm I will definitely like set aside some time and give it a watch. Yeah. Uh, more than anything, I'm happy for Ahmed Best. Me this too. Is really nice that he's getting this. Yeah. Yeah. But um, honestly, that's the element I'm the most interested in. Is if they can dark side betray and yeah. do something different, I'll be like, yo. Now I thought what I thought was when Kyle was like F you. <laughs> now what I thought was interesting about this is that it's not Disney Plus, and I thought when it was announced it was. It's this is Disney going Plus. no, this is going to be on the Star Wars YouTube channel, the the kids one, and on StarWars.com, not Disney Plus. And I could have sworn that when it was announced it was Disney Plus. Uh it definitely was Disney Plus when it was announced. Right. So this is now no longer Disney Plus. Uh the guy that made this show, Scott Bromley, um, he used to work at IGN uh uh 
he, he's been working at Lucas for a long time. He's the guy who like made the show, and he, and he finally put up like, hey guys, this is what I've been working on for a year. Enjoy. And um, it looks really cool, and it's really cool to see like a fan make something and it turn out like this. And I'm just like, wow, man, cool, good for you, yeah. buddy. It's nice. Do they maybe just pe- premiere there, and then the whole season of it will go to Disney Plus? I imagine. Probably, I would imagine. Maybe. Um. All right. What's it called again? Jedi Power. Uh, Star Wars Jedi Temple Challenge. Okay. Uh, set before the fall of the Jedi. <laughs> what, what if when the series ends, if they order 66 everyone? No. <laughs> what if, like, these, these younglings become masters and then they do, like, the last episode is an actually high production reel of them getting older, uh, and then it's them and Hayden Christensen made to look young walks in. Oh, my God. And he just starts <laughs> <laughs> and just every episode the kids always lose <laughs> sick they're wild they join the dark side um oh my god and then they're inquisitors yeah and then they come back in the next episode to stop the next team god this show is not going to be as good as that but it's going to be good <laughs> <laughs> we just made a better game show sorry guys call us sorry there's um, an inquisitor spinoff and like the, there's the game competitions where they have to face off against oh, each other annually yes please uh all right, so then the, the trailer for Secret Society of Second Born Royals dropped as the new Disney Plus uh, TV series and looks fine. Yeah, why'd you put this on here? I thought it was superhero related. I mean, they You're have... not wrong. Powers? <laughs> Question I guess. Mark? That one kid can see a keypad real good? That one guy from the Disney Channel show is in this one. <laughs> I, think they, I think they fly? Yeah, this uh, I'm not gonna watch it either. But it basically, basically, for anyone who cares, it's it, the, if you're a second, if you're a second born royal, if you're if you're the second born child of a royal family, you have superpowers. Now, when I when I first heard it was pitched, when I first heard it pitched, I thought it was going to be like related to Disney princesses. So did like, I. Watching this trailer, I was like, "Where's the princesses?" Yeah. <laughs> then, I like, then I was like, "Wait, this isn't Disney royalty. This is royalty royalty." He's like, "No, like yeah, like the queen." I'm like, "Oh, I don't care. Oh, I don't care." Mag, Mag says, "Felt like Disney Channel OG movie 2000s." Yep. I, yeah. Yeah, I mean, nope. yeah, it feels like a, it feels like a Disney Channel original movie. Um, those are hit or miss. Yeah. Um, I don't on. know. Yeah. <laughs> well, We'll see. All right, uh, but the trailer for Love, the proper trailer for Love Victor dropped this week, um, yeah. and I really liked it. What I liked, what I liked so much about it was, uh, and I want to get to something real quick. But the story is different than Love Simon. Uh, Simon, if you remember from the movie, he knew he was gay, but didn't know how to kind of like express that and how to like come to terms with that. Uh, and and people find out, and that's how he lives with himself. This is a guy who doesn't know what he is. And he doesn't. He, he likes girls. He likes boys. He doesn't know what what it was. Discovering himself. He's, he's discovering himself. And I really like that angle for this series. And I'm glad that they decided to go with that angle. Uh, that and um, he doesn't have the same support system Simon does. Yes, which was a big deal for me watching that. Like his family is broken almost. Like they they don't want to. They don't know if they 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 can't support him in what he what he's discovering, and they can't even support each other his family. I thought that was also really engaging. Also, Keenan Lonsdale and um, the kid who played Simon, which I forget his name, are in the show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Keenan Lonsdale is in the trailer. Simon is... I did, is, I did yeah, think yeah. I saw him. Yeah. Simon Simon is not, but he is credited on, on, the, on the series, which I thought okay. was really great because he is going to the school that Simon went to. So I thought, I think there will be some 
I gotta say, there. yeah, Disney Plus really, really missed out because this looks really good. This yes. could have been a really powerful show about acceptance and being gay and everything. And Disney Plus not having it is just like a big misstep, I think. Because so, this show looks really good. So what's really weird, what's really weird is that Pixar just released their latest short out. Yeah. And yeah. that's very blatantly about homosexuality. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. That's 100% what it's about. And it's like, why is this okay but is it because it's Pixar doing it? Like I guess Disney so. I like Disney didn't know how to say no to Pixar being able to do it. And it's because it's only a it short. would have been a bigger issue for them yeah. to like say no, you can't put this on the service. Yeah. Uh whereas like because I imagine Pixar just made it and they're like, oh yeah, this is our next short. And then Disney's like And it's a lot again, it's a lot easier to to let that pass than an entire show, live action show. But I still well, think like, it's it's so strange to have had that happen even before this show came out and it's like you yeah. guys should have just committed because uh so many people have been praising that short which is really good by the way uh i watched that this past week you should check it out it's really good it's worth your time um really enjoyable if they just stuck to it love victor could have been a big win for them rather than a loss yeah right what i think it is and we've we talked a little bit about when they lost lizzie mcguire i when they say adult i don't necessarily think it means adult content like like sure i don't think it means i also don't think it means gay uh homosexuality i think it means sex yeah i think they don't want sex on their service and i think the reason why they 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 shoveled love victor to to sorry my phone we got a new curfew they extended the curfew to 6 p.m um the the uh the, the the fact that i think that love victor has sex in it and, and sexuality elements in it. So did Lizzie McGuire. I think Lizzie McGuire is about her discovering her sexuality in a, in a, in a, in a way. And I think they don't want that. They don't care about anything else. They just don't want sex. That's an interesting perspective. I guess. I mean, that's the only thing that, to me, oh, that's yeah. the only thing that makes sense. I, I, it just, it, it, again, it's the issue of like, they're cool with violence, but, but showing some, some romantic sexuality is a sin. Like, that's our society exactly like every marvel movie has how many people dying in it or like you know what i mean like it doesn't it's just mandalorian it's just, see that's why that's why i think it's that's why i think it's sex because mandalorian has a dude getting chopped in half yeah it's it's just it's yeah it is a systemic like cultural thing of just sex is bad uh and it's just unfortunate that it has to involve a homosexual relationship so it seems like oppressive because it is oppressive no matter what it is uh i just wish disney would just just open up a bit you know like you're letting Pixar do your shit because it's Pixar. And I mean, like, let's be honest. Like Disney Plus's entire catalog that's on there. There's definitely like movies, live action movies and stuff that regard sexuality, probably just as much as Love Victor would. Yeah. Like older. Maybe movies, not yeah. for as long because yeah. it's a show instead of a movie. But like it, it's on there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I think this show. I think the show looks really good. Uh, yeah. I'm looking forward. I'm really looking forward to it. I loved Love Simon. I've been I've stoked. Been, Love Simon. Um, Do you guys remember when uh, the opening of Iron Man happens and uh, he sleeps with Leslie Bibb and they roll out of bed together? Yeah. Remember when he makes a joke about how he slept with all the women who were like the models for the calendar of oh, the year? Of yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. The yeah. param the Paramount era of, Di- uh, of Marvel Studios was very but, wa- was very well, different. It's there, yeah. But it's on yeah. there. Uh, I agree. I agree. I'm not. I'm not Disney. <laughs> Incredible Hulk when he can't get too excited oh, he can't when he's an erection. Out. <laughs> yeah, because he'll Hulk out. Yeah. 
Incredible Hulk, Remember not. Avengers Age of Ultron, where Black Widow is like, hey, if I'd known, I would have gotten in the shower with you. Yeah. I, I don't can't... agree. I don't disagree. I thought yeah. me. Not... Evil people hurt my vagina. I can't have babies, Disney Plus. Real quickly, Incredible Hulk is not on Disney Plus, so, you know. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay, fine. It's just, <laughs> yeah, just the double standard. Yeah, it's just so, it's just, it's really silly. Uh, okay. Anyway, this show looks great. I'm literally looking forward to it. Yeah, uh, I, I haven't seen Love Simon, um, but like this makes me want to watch that movie because like this looked really engaging and like really like. Heartbreak. Ryan, I think you'd love it. Oh, I'm sure. Hell yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I think you should check it out. Um, all right, shall we move into our main topics? D. Let's D do it. C. So we're going to talk about the. Uh, we're we're going to start a journey through the entire DC AMU, the DC animated movie universe. Um, <laughs> The 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 Kuma, um, sure. Um, this is the series of movies that starts with Justice League: The Flashpoint Paradox and recently ended with Justice League: Dark uh, Apocalypse War. Um, so we're going to discuss them three at a time. We're going to take one week break because it's Artemis Fowl. But uh, this week we are touching oh, on the first... <laughs> this week we are touching on the first three films: uh, Justice League: The Flashpoint Paradox, Justice League: War, and which I just realized is actually called Son of Batman and not Batman and Son. Oh, yeah. But it's based off uh, but it's, Batman and Son. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've been calling it Batman and Son all week. And I just I saw the poster again. I was like, I, I saw the poster again and I had the Barks root beer thing happen to me, Sparks, if you remember this reference from Michael. Uh, we, uh, had a friend, we had a friend, Michael, who thought Barks root beer was called Barges forever. And yeah. when we finally told him it was called Barks, he was like, Where's the ingredient that says lies? <laughs> Can't find I had that moment looking at the poster for Son of Batman. I was like, where's the ingredient that says lies? True. Um, so we're going to take it movie by movie. So let's start with Justice League, The Flashpoint Paradox. This is the first one. And let's, let's get into it. What do we think about this one? I um, I like this movie a lot. I, I remember liking it a lot when it came out, and I think it's a pretty decent adaptation of the comic. It leaves some stuff out, and it changes a little little things here and there. But overall, I think it's a strong start uh, to a cinematic universe, considering it's a reboot in a way. I think it's yeah. good. Um, really quickly, uh, this was actually adapted before the comic uh, was done. So this, they were, they were, the movie was uh, coming out, and then the comic was going to come out. So they actually had a really close production schedule. Yeah, I, which, I looked it up. This came out very recently compared to the comic, and I'm like, wow, that's not a lot of leeway. Yeah, so they so they were animated the movie to story to um, they were animating the movie with script pages and pencils for the for the comic, and in a way, it shows because of how different the the the, the movie is to the comic. Mm-hmm. Some uh, stuff is some stuff adapts it like beat for beat, and then some stuff's radically different. Right. Yeah. It's, it's very it's very interesting the way it adapts. Yeah. Yeah. Sparks. Um, overall, I enjoyed it. Uh, I prefer the comic. <laughs> Having now that's going to be, uh, that's gonna be Reddit, said for every single one of these. The comic's always going to be pro- probably, probably, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, you know, I'm getting it out there because yeah. it, it all was this week. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I thought it was good. Uh, I was really put off right from the get go by the animation style. I don't like the bulky Gears of War look. Oh, for, I do. For the heroes, okay. Well, because, I don't like it's homogenized me, for the entire rest of the. That, let me let me be clear. I don't like that all of them look like that. I don't like that. Cyborg, Aquaman, Superman, and and 
Green Lantern are all the same bulky size. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't mind a couple of them being that way, but like I, I'm really put off. Yeah, Aquaman in particular, I was like, <laughs> see, ooh. I, see, okay, there's like, there's like, there's like a design. They all have the same chin. Yes. And it, and I'm like, they're all they're all too too the same. It doesn't work I mean, for me. If we look at like the old Justice League animated show, they all look exactly the same too. They have all the same shit and the same rigid stance. They all look exactly the same too. Sure, uh, all of these this, animations look the exact same. This, I, I don't this agree. Is the, this no. is the most unique in terms of vision, I think, compared to all the ones we watched this, this week. This one has the most different differentiating look because all of them are, sure. are like the George T- or Bruce Tim standard. They all look the same to me. This one doesn't. Uh, yeah, this. Uh, well, like I, I would say that when we get to like Justice League War like how Jordan and Superman and Batman do not look the same. Mm-hmm. But in this one, uh, I like that work, that look didn't work across the board for me. Sure. Uh, uh, or Thon, uh as, you know, this oh, big, I, bulky, I like, like chin I, man. I, I uh, love reverse flash. Uh, so, again, like uh, a, a couple individuals like it, sure. Yeah. Uh, it was a little off-putting in that opening with all the Justice League showing up and everything. I'm like, damn, all of them like, look like they've been taking their beefcakes a little too seriously. So I want to uh, back up Sparks's point real quickly uh, with a more extreme point. I hate the character designs in this movie. Mm-hmm. I despise them. I think they're disgusting. But I really like the movie. So, you know, cool. come what may. Uh, I really like Cyborg in the Flashpoint timeline better than he looks in the, the I opening bit. Okay. I know that that's already oh, yeah. just different anyway, yeah. but I think like there, the designs work really well. I like the designs on Thomas Wayne. I think those look work really well. Uh, Flash overall works really well. It's just some others that like, you know, it, it just put me off uh, at the get-go, but otherwise, um, uh, yeah. What about you, man? Uh, I, this is the second time I saw it since I saw the world premiere of Comic-Con with Brandon, actually. Yes. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Um, cause I, cause I remember I was actually really, back then I was sipping hard on the new 52 Kool-Aid. I was really riding that high. And we all I, were, I, buddy. We all yeah, were. And when I, and when I went to, um, Comic-Con, my first one with Brandon, I was really looking forward to Flashpoint Paradoxes. I'm like, cool, I want to see, um, these like DC, like the new 52 stories being turned into animated films. And Flashpoint Paradox is it's still pretty solid. I mean, obviously, I like the book. I've read the book quite a few times over my life. I still think it's a solid uh, entry point into DC Comics. It's a really good. It's really good. Also, I love how even though it's called Justice League, it still deals with the Flash. And I really like how, like, oh, like when Barry wakes up and he sees the the newspaper and he wakes up in the alternate timeline and he's still thinking it's like, oh, and he like runs and trips and finds his mom. It's like, wow, that's. That's like shot for shot what the book was almost. You know, one of my one of my issues with the movie, and for the most part, I actually think the movie is a, a pretty decent adaptation of the Flash of the Flashpoint book, um, especially knowing uh, the the kind of troubled production, I guess. But I will say that uh, by the time we get to Thomas Wayne, the emotional crux of the movie stops being Barry and his relationship with his mother because his mother is just gone for the rest of the story, uh, yeah. and becomes Thomas Wayne as the emotional crux of the story. And I think that's a mistake that the comic doesn't make. The comic stays with Barry the entire way through. I was going to say one of my biggest issues uh, with the film is that it doesn't have the moment where Barry knows he's going back and he sees his Nora and he says, uh, I, I'm going to have to like, he explains it all. And she's like, but we lived this life. This happened. This means everything, but you have, you know, that I 
was so important to the heart of the story and not having that in the film I'm like oh i feel like towards yeah. the second half of the movie you kind of lost the point of what was happening for barry i yeah, I, I, I agree i agree i percent agree real quick then i do agree um, the problem here is I would love if this were a Flash-centric thing. The problem is it is called Justice League Flashpoint, and this is a universe rebooting thing. And even though the Flash is the main character, it's not all about him. So it's almost like the, the Mortal Kombat Scorpion thing, right? Um, you, like, who do you focus on when it's when you have a whole universe? Um, I think they, they should have focused on Barry more, but because they are trying to reboot an entire universe, they had to show where these other characters were for them to uh, be where they are at the very end for the rest of the universe, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so while I do agree, like, I think it's because it's not a Flash movie, it's a Justice League movie. Unfortunately, like, the Flash kind of had to put, put to the side of it in his own I, day. I don't, I don't disagree with that, um, because that's absolutely what happened. But the weird thing is, is that the, the, emotional, the emotional weight of the movie doesn't shift from Barry to the Justice League. It shifts from Barry to Thomas. Right. Yeah. And then yeah. it stays yeah. on Thomas for the rest of the movie. Yeah. yeah, and I I would have preferred it not to have made that shift, or to have made the shift to the rest of the Justice League. That makes right. sense. Yeah, yeah, it, it it does feel like it just it lost uh having a balance there on that emotional weight. They could have shared it between Barry and Thomas. I there's a lot yeah. of comparisons about parent losing child to child yes. losing parent that could have been done. Yeah. Um, I would argue that that some of that could have been more present in the comic, but it is more present than it is in the film. Um, and that that's so a big part of it. I, I just want to get this part out of the way between both the comic and the film. This part throws me. Um, I understand that what Flashpoint does. I don't understand that it doesn't visually show it in the comic or the movie uh, that it changed the universe. Do you see what I'm saying? Uh, when we get to the end, all that happens is Flash talks to Bruce mm. like nothing has changed. Oh, like the, the, the new 52 isn't happening. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and I'm like, you could just not have this animated movie be part of this list of universe stuff. And if you didn't have that post credit scene, it wouldn't have anything so, to do with it. From a viewer perspective yes. of not connecting the dots beyond what you're shown. So, and that's one thing where I'm like, the movie could have done a better job of this. I kind of understand why the comic is the way it I is. I think, the, yeah, the comic, because it's a, it is a event that is ushering in a new universe. And you knew the no, number and one. The, yeah. the, difference, yeah. the difference is that the comic wasn't meant to usher in a new universe. That was a last minute thing to about three issues in. Um, the, the, ooh, I had a point. Ooh. Oh, Sorry. yeah, the end, right. No, you're fine. Um, no, you're fine. Um, ooh, no, continue. God, I got it. I'll, I'll figure it out. <laughs> so, so, but uh, what, uh, what, oh. what weirds me out is that, um, this is the other part in the comic when Barry's running back. Oh, okay. Yeah. You see multiple timelines and Pandora saying you're, you're changing the events. You see the new 52 Justice League tease. Yes. I'm at least able to kind of connect dots, even though the yes. ending is still jarring because it's bruce and barry talking like everything's normal yes uh i understand at least a little more but in the movie like i have zero context yeah, so of that I, I got my okay so in the comic book uh, uh at the end we knew that the new number ones were coming out we knew that this was ushering in a new universe right this movie doesn't isn't telling us this is ushering in a new universe so at the end they have different costumes so that's the only way to tell you this is a new universe but if you're not paying attention or you don't know comic books that that is not given at all right i don't know right. yeah that, so for us, we understand it's a universe. If you're Johnny Tsunami and you don't read comic books, which is most of the people who will watch yeah. these kind of flat, you know, yeah. I want to just get this animated movie. Yeah. So like, out. yeah, the animation style is now different. They look different. Um, and I guess you just don't realize it until you're watching the next movie. Right. Yeah. That's kind of that is kind um, of a weird 
And like, again, without the post credit scene, you have no reason to even think they're connected. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to bring up, I do really like the voice cast of this movie. I think um, really I think the, Go ahead. I, I think the voice cast, um, regardless of the fact that, hey, you got Kevin Conway back as Batman, as Bruce Wayne Batman specifically. Um, my favorite, Hal Jordan, Nathan Fillion. Um, yep. But uh, Carrie Elwes as Aquaman, awesome. I, Michael B. Jordan, Michael B. Jordan as Cyborg, awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I need big fan of the flashpoint comic book but i love all the tie-ins too the emperor aquaman stuff is fascinating the stuff with batman and joker is is like those tie okay. arguably better than the comic itself all like, right the grod of wars uh one issue where grod is the king of his gorilla city just having a gorilla um, mercenary warfare and just like he's just like killing gorillas because he's bored he's a like, leader of this world it's like so many cool ideas like deathstroke and the ravagers and the resistance all these tie-ins are so cool and i'm glad that they're in the movie you know, even a little bit i love right. that stuff yeah, they're 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 hinted at in the Flashpoint comic, uh, but I did again didn't read those tie-ins, yeah. so I I I was like, oh, so these are kind of things. Like I'm aware of the Martha Joker thing, but without like it's not in the main Flashpoint comic, but it is in this. That might shown be the, the standout film. comic from that Flashpoint thing. Right. Tie-ins in the, real quick, real quick in the tie-ins. Uh, does Wonder do they do Wonder Woman chopping off Mara's head? So and that's what's the different. Crown? That's what's different. In, okay um brandon i think i or ben you guys can you remember better than me because how it happens in the movie is different than the book because it is but i don't remember how is involved. The, i just i just looked because actually that was one of my points that i was going to try to talk about was that one of the things i do like about the movie but also the the whole martha revealing to be a joker thing kind of because that uh, I'll, I'll get into it but in the in the book they just said all they say because i just slipped through it um just to double check to refresh my memory is all they say is you killed my wife. She tried to assassinate me. I can't believe I loved you. You never did. That's no, all they I say. Know, no, I know that part. I, I know that part because I read that. But in the tie-ins, do they do? I don't know. The only tie-in I the only tie-in I read was Batman. That was the only tie-in I read. That is badass. Yes. Uh, <laughs> when she takes her crown and puts it on, I'm like, yeah. holy um, shit! From yeah. from, I think the I think the story is similar. Just Hippolyta is involved uh in in this weird affair or something okay. um but yeah um aquaman and wonder woman were having an affair but then aquaman gets mad uh, when when uh mara tries to kill wonder woman and wonder woman uh in self-defense kills her and then a war starts so it's right. just like it's yeah uh real real quickly i just want to bring up i i i found in my in my collection i have the poker chips from the wayne casino oh shit those are so cool oh dude. I have I got I have those from Comic Con. Nice. Um, and and I was looking through those. I thought that was awesome. My favorite tie-ins like like uh, the the Batman Azarello um with Martha and and, Bruce, and Thomas. Uh, I think that stuff is, is excellent. Um, yeah. I almost kind of wish, uh, you know, I don't know if I do actually. It is a little strange that Barry's memories come to him and he's like, I have memories of the world and it's things that Barry would really remember. Like Barry, how would Barry know that Martha Wayne became the Joker? Actually, that was one of the things I was, I I like seeing it, but at the same time, I don't think they should have put that in there. It's a cute like, reference, but I'm not sure, I'm not 100% sure, so I'm sold on it being in the movie. But that's not, well, the, the, reason, I don't the reason why is that I feel that after Flashpoint came out, after Flashpoint was released, a lot of people online would not shut up about the scene where Martha reveals her head and you sees bruce's blood in a smile and it is good don't get me wrong it is good it shows that how messed up this world is where bruce's parents survived and one of them becomes batman the other becomes his arch enemy the joker 
people would not talk would not stop talking about that and they didn't know that the comics existed and they kept saying like hey we want this we want this i'm like guys it exists it's called the the, the tie-ins my criticism is not of fans liking that moment it's just i'm not sure i'm not sure i'm sold on it being in the movie it's i think just to show like here's a cool thing from the comic just to show yeah. Tom side of you well and then that, I was gonna say like the simple fix was because I agree like that felt totally weird even though I'm like I like seeing this stuff but uh, this is weird um yeah. is just both of those things can just be memories for Thomas and for Aquaman or Wonder Woman yeah you don't need to make it Barry's memories they can just be flashback moments related to them yeah, yeah. It, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't have bothered anything to do that Oh, Ron Perlman returns as, as Deathstroke from the Teen Titans yep, series. That's cool. Yeah, yeah I think um, C. Thomas Howell as, as Zoom, I think he's exceptional as the Reverse Flash. His menace, he has such a menace to his voice that I'm like, he might be my favorite Reverse Flash actor. Like, his voice is, is so good. I really like Nathan. Yes, I agree. I really like Nathan Fillion as Hal Jordan. I wish they hadn't done any of the Hal Jordan stuff they did in the Flashpoint timeline. Uh, in the movie because it means nothing it doesn't really add it doesn't none of the other characters are connected to it and the problem is that in the comic barry at least knows how jordan is out there but he's not the green lantern because ab and sir is still the green lantern not in the movie uh he's uh just frozen um but uh in in the comic barry acknowledges when hal dies on the mission and, movie, and he movie. he acknowledges that loss in the movie. He's like, "Oh, Hal's dead," but that's the first time he's heard about Hal. Right, but it's it, but it doesn't uh, it, it doesn't, doesn't connect and relate because yeah. in that he's tracking it and he's like, "I'm not going to go contact Hal because Hal's not the Green Lantern." Yeah. yeah, blah 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 blah. All that extra like fluff with Hal Jordan doesn't add anything really to the greater narrative of the film because Barry isn't tied into that moment really yeah. when Hal is lost. Um, and they don't tie the the bigger issue, but they don't tie it into the fact that Barry conflicts in the comic with uh what if i can't go back i can't let all these people die yes yeah and we'll really hit that in this either yeah that's true yeah. Uh, i i love um aquaman using captain adam as a nuclear uh, uh um uh earthquake machine he levels all of europe yeah uh because he was trying to take out wonder woman and themyscira didn't sink but all of europe did i think that's mm-hmm. a fascinating touch i think the um, I think the the ending with with Captain Adam exploding and the world's literally incinerating and Aobard yeah. gone. I would I would I would be so happy to die knowing you lost Flash. Like I that is so menacing. And like uh-huh. the final, like Thomas like run Barry. Like the final time he has to run with like a broken leg to avoid cataclysm. Like that is so awesome. Yeah, I like that. So no, it's it's been a while since I've read the comic, but correct me if I'm wrong, but it is not a plot point in the comic that Eobard is siphoning the speed force away from Barry. That's Barry correct. Barry just can't access the speed force time travel because he's never done it before consciously. Yeah. Uh Barry Barry is trying to get up to that's why yeah, he's in the, in the book, Eobard says, I'm a living paradox. Yeah. You I think that everything some... up for me. And I'm yeah. able to do all this shit. And then he gets I... stabbed in the chest. I think that there's some points in the. By the way, I like the stabbing in the chest better than I like the bullet through the head um, from from the comic. Um, um, but I, but I think it kind of fit Thomas better. Because that's fair. The, yeah. um, it's, it's not something I want to dwell on. Um, one of the things that uh, I feel like this movie does, and I think the comic does as well. Again, I haven't read it in a while, but it does kind of take away from the emotional moments for shock value. Um, for example, they kill Billy Batson. In a way, oh, and, yeah. and and it's and it's really only there for shock value. Be like, oh my god, they killed Billy Batson. Yeah. 
and a lot of people do. I think I think that's a failing of both the comic and the and the movie. But I don't want to say specifically why. I, feel I like. don't. I don't agree. Um, I think that what what the movie what what bummed me out about the movie is there's a lot of um, there's a lot of flash. Uh, sorry, <laughs> there's a lot of uh, like. Um, cinematic action because they can because it's an animated film so they focus on doing a lot of that without the characterization to back it up like uh i'm sure it's in the tie-ins and i'm sure it's like in the movie it's really cool to see the aqualads together in black manta but they don't have characters yeah so they don't mean anything to the story when it's happening which is something that like if you just read flashpoint like those characters aren't present it doesn't they they don't they don't conflate those issues uh you know it, it it just it it but Billy Batson, I wanted to specifically touch because the the Shazam Seven kids are all given like moments of characterization. They're focused on in the comic, even in those five issues. They're given attention, so you care about them. They're just there in the film, yeah. and then they become Captain Thunder, and then they're they're killed. And it it doesn't it doesn't feel like it carries the weight it should. Yeah. Um, I think like uh, this is very similar to when we see live action movies and they spend much too much time on the focus of like, what can we do with action? And they sacrifice doing all that to show more of those kind of things, but without thinking about what it actually means for those characters without it uh, improving that. And that really bummed me out because I like uh, all the kids stuff in the Flashpoint comic. Yeah, and totally. I don't think that that's done justice at all, at all in, uh, in the movie. My memory of them in the book is is is, uh, is faint. Uh, I do think, yeah, they're not used much in the movie, but I do think the idea is really cool. Yes. And when they turn into Captain Thunder, that is a hard ass looking Captain Thunder. Well, and they throw they scars throw out and everything. They throw out his history with Wonder Woman because she gave him those scars, mm-hmm. and they toss mm-hmm. that that idea out there. And I'm like, that could that could have been there. Yeah. The, so the, there's just like the bones in the comic are there. I don't I, know why those I characters had to lack character. The first time we see, I think it's the first time we see Wonder Woman when she when she sees Chief Trevor. And then she hangs him. Yes. That is that is a great introduction. Incredible. Man. Yeah, like I love and again, thinking about I I don't want the the first Flash movie to be a Flashpoint movie, right? But I do think the premise of Aquaman and Wonder Woman, an alternate version of them being at war with each other, with Flash being the main character, can be a really cool movie. I and I would, I would after rewatching this, I would kill to see an evil Jason Momoa and an evil Gal Gadot. Like that would be so much fun. Yeah. Like have Steve Trevor come back and kill him because it's an Elseworld movie. Right, right. Like I, after rewatching this, I'm actually way more sold on a Flashpoint movie than originally. Before. <laughs> I have no problem with Flashpoint movie. I just don't think it should be the first one. Yes. But, yeah, but but yeah. I agree with you because it's all about like it's all about changing those things. And again, like this is something where if you follow the comics, if you know what's up, then you're connected into it. But like in this movie, I'm like I don't. I, I don't care about everything that's yeah. being altered because of this. And part of sure. that is because they, they throw out the Barry Nora stuff. That's part of it. Um, but uh, I was going to say what I do like that isn't in the comic, but is in this movie. What I think is super dope is the Superman cyborg moment when Superman comes down and uh, cyborg oh, is friend, dying friend. and he says, friend, yeah. friend. So that's not in the comic, but that was cool as hell. Man, all the super, mm-hmm. like, again, I forgot how much, like how awesome that Superman moment is. Yeah. Like when they discover him and he comes out of the bunker and he sees the sun for the first time. Yeah. Like that, I don't think it translates perfectly well to the movie, but I think it does well enough where once he dis- uses his laser vision and literally incinerates all those people, you're like, wow, he is really That's a, uh, that's voiced yeah. by Sam Daly, uh, son of Tim Daly. Cool. Uh, yeah, I think that that skinny Superman moment really works. Like all the impactful stuff from the comic, I think is translated pretty well. Um, yeah. I just wish that the the emotional heart ha- had stayed consistent throughout. Yeah, uh, it's really my biggest my biggest problem. 
and I, I didn't even realize like, yeah, Thomas Wayne is a major character because I think because it's Batman and you, yeah. they want Batman to be a main character, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have a couple quick little ones that I'm going to go through. Um, I really like the different ways that the Justice League members take care of the bombs in the opening. That opening that's totally yeah. original to this movie is very fun. The microbes with Aquaman. I love that for some reason Batman has to be in space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's got to be all the way up there for his, for some reason. Gotta but go to space. Um, I want to just give a little toast and nod to the sad loss of Element Woman, who is not in this movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. Emily, right. I just I forgot. I was flipping through this, and then I got to the page with Emily's song, and I'm like, "Oh, Element Woman's not in the movie. I forgot about that." You leave out, you leave out like Element uh, Lady Woman, and you leave out the Metal Man, but you have Sandman who doesn't say a line. Like, you, have, yeah. you have Wesley Dodd, who is a JSA character, just there shooting guns instead of an actual character with lines. I'm like, I guess, thanks. I guess, I don't know. I mean, they kept Grifter. It's, yeah, I know. Like, it's weird that like they keep certain characters and then they bring like the most obscure characters. I'm like, they give Ambush Bug a line, and I think I think that's because oh my god, that was Ambush Bug. I think yeah. it's mainly because I think it's because the comic wasn't done when they were making this movie. Yeah, I think um, that's the biggest reason. The yeah. other thing uh, that I liked much better in the comic is the introduction of Thomas Wayne's Batman with Yo Yo. Because in the movie, oh, they make yeah. it an action scene where yeah. she's very confident in fighting him. But I far better like in the comic when she's running scared. And she's she knows from the get-go, if he catches me, I'm dead. Yeah. Uh, and that established such a different tone for that character. And watching the movie, I'm like, this just feels like Batman, Batman. Yeah, he's more brutal in, in the comic. Right. And yeah. like I, I, just as an introduction, like hardline him, do that, make Yo-Yo afraid of him. As cool yeah. as that fight action scene is, I'm like, I'd much rather have the character beat of yeah. knowing this is not your normal Batman. This is a Batman who, like, people are, people are know that the moment they get hands on, he's going to frick them up. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, all right, shall we move into the next film? If you guys uh, like, if you want more Thomas Wayne content, check out Tom King's Batman, right? Yeah, yeah. He's very vital in ruining his son's life. I definitely want to check out those tie-ins now that I finally read that comic. Uh, yeah, they're I, surprisingly I love, all good. I love the fun little weird post credit scene where the parademons come out and it's like, wait, but how does that connect? Because it's Barry and Bruce, but but it's not, it's that, I don't know. Flash coin. All right, so moving on, uh, Justice League War was the next movie in this continuity. Yeah. Uh, this is an adaptation of Justice League Origin by Jeff Johns and Jim Lee. Um, and uh, so let's get into let's get into what we thought about this one. Um, Sparks, why don't you go first? This is probably my favorite of the three we're talking about. Mine yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, I thought this was. I thought this. It helps that like the source material is pretty easy to adapt. Yeah. Uh, or just like an introduction Justice League film and just bringing in that content. But I felt like I, I liked all the, the style of thing. What I felt was lacking in emotional heart and characterization in the Flashpoint film, I felt like was present in this one, especially around Cyborg. And uh, personally, I love the addition of Billy, even though it's super weird to take out Aquaman for that. But I really like the, his own movie. Though, but okay. I really like the addition of Billy and his relationship with Victor Stone yeah. throughout it. I'm like, this really works for me. This is a change from the comic where I feel like you have changed things, but you have changed things to add more characterization, and it's totally worth me. You want to know what's funny? Um, I've only read the the just the Jeff Johns Justice League arc or run once, right? I read it when it was coming out, and Same. then I went back because I thought most of it, except for the end, was pretty mediocre to fine. Uh, I think. I haven't gone back to read it, but I like this more than I remember liking that, uh, the movie, more than liking the comic. 
Uh, I don't know if that holds up today. I know you recently read it. Yeah. I remember being the comic being very pedestrian, very middle of the road. This is a Justice League comic. Whereas this is doing that, but in like animated form. But I found this to be really enjoyable because of the voice performances. Can I, uh, I'll tell you, uh, having recently also, when we were doing the, the Justice League book with Brandon, I revisited the Rebirth start. Yeah. I think the new 52 Justice League opening book is better than the rebirth one okay. i think rebirth is the pedestrian one where you're talking about i think it's very blasé i actually think this has a, had a lot to it it had a lot of uh sense of actually getting to know these characters i i really like like all the stuff between batman and hal comes straight it. out of that comic yeah and it's really really good and it ties everything together everybody kind of figuring out wait batman doesn't have superpowers he's just a guy yeah. <laughs> it's like i thought you were a vampire things yeah. like that it all works really well and also I didn't realize because I hadn't revisited it in a long time. Oh, the Justice League movie is just trying to be this comic book. There was so much of that Justice League movie. I was shocked. I was like, wait, the opening with the parademons and Batman? Like, holy shit. They just, and, and the way Superman is. Yeah. Superman in that comic is even more than this movie because he's just brutal yeah. and like rude to the others and vicious. And I'm like, oh, this is the Superman Zack Snyder was making. Yeah. Like, no like, wonder like, I hate it. Chains. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, ben, what do you think about it? Ben? of um, just like war i enjoy it i don't know if it's my favorite of the three i still think flashpoint holds that one for me same but um but all in all as a adaptation of those first six issues of justice league origins i thought it was like it was very well done the only standout difference is being shazam part of the team instead of um aquaman because one of my favorite scenes from the book that i remember when i was reading it when it was coming out back in 2011 was when aquaman shows up and a bunch of parademons are, are swarming the beach Aquaman just summons a bunch of great whites to jump out of the water and chomp on them. And it's like, pretty good that's scene. badass. Important, and we did that. Importantly, doing it to also shut up Hal. Yeah. After yeah. Hal, what can you do? Yeah. Um, Talk to fish? Um, Jeff Johns. So, yeah. Jeff I mean, Johns uh, single-handedly responsible for making Aquaman cool and relevant for modern people. Because Aquaman has always been cool. It's just like, he could be written really cheesy, talking to fish. Jeff Johns made him an actual real badass. For, like He was cool in the 90s with the hook hand, but then he got forgotten again. Thank you, Jeff Johns, because Aquaman is well, cool. Well, first issue of that New 52 run, there was a blogger going to Aquaman in that restaurant. It's like, oh, you see the SNL skit? They make fun of you all the time. And he's like, dude, F off. I'm trying to eat my fish and chips. Um, so I, I'm with Sparks. This is my favorite of the three. Um, I had a really good time watching this one. I saw it ages ago, but I don't remember liking it nearly as much. Maybe I've just kind of come to terms with... Uh, really just expunged my bias against the new 52 um, since seeing it. Me too. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so watching it kind of with almost fresh eyes, uh, I found myself really enjoying it. The, 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 the interactions between bear with uh, um, Hal and Batman, which comes out of the comic, as we mentioned is great. I thought, great. That, I think that stuff, I think that stuff translates so well. Uh, I'm not crazy about Omara as Batman. It's not that I dislike him. It's just that he's not my. It's just he's not my choice for Batman. I just can't. It's weird. I, I feel you because you know you got Kevin Conroy, but like as someone who has seen almost all of these movies, I've grown to like him quite a lot. I'm no, sure I'm that will. I'm I, sure that will happen to me. Omara Omara has definitely grown on me as Batman. I personally, I think I like Bruce Greenwood's voice a whole lot more. I mean, Bruce Greenwood's good had, Batman. I, if I had to choose, I would. I would. Put, it would be Kevin Conroy, yeah. Bruce Greenwood, then Jason Bruce Omara. Greenwood. Yeah, Bruce Greenwood is just phenomenal. Um, but, but real quickly, one of the, one of the, I want to, I want to, I want to just, I want to just real quickly finish my my Jason Amara thought. Um, it kind of sounds like he's got marshmallows in his mouth all the time when he's talking, um, and I think he gets better by the next one. I think he's slowly becoming a better voice 
for Batman. So probably as we move forward with this universe, I will become more on board with him. But as the voice cast go, he's not my least favorite in the cast. That actually goes to Hal Jordan. I don't like Hal Jordan's voice. Um, I agree. I agree. But, yeah. I like everything he's saying, but not how he's saying it. Yeah, not how it, he's saying it. it. And it then was I hard like to get. It was hard to get used to the new Hal Jordan after just listening to Nathan Fillion talk as Hal Jordan. Yeah. So so. He's not the he's not the worst in the cast, but he's not quite my favorite in the cast. Um, mm-hmm. I really liked Shazam's voice, um, which was oh Sean Astin. Sean Astin, yeah, I think he's great as Shazam for sure, for sure. Yeah, I agree. Well, so earlier we were talking about how we don't really like the designs of these characters. I like them better in this movie. I actually hate Superman's design because he has such a huge neck. Like his neck mm. is just giant. I don't I don't know what it was. I'm just watching the movie. And I mean, because I learned or I grew to enjoy the new 52 costume of Superman. At first, I was like, eh, but as I as I kept seeing it, I grew to like kind of like it. It's not my favorite, but it's it's not. Yeah, I tolerate it. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. But just seeing it in Justice like War and just seeing Superman's giant ass neck, I'm like, that doesn't look like. I, I don't know. For I, some reason, there's I think a the scene designs, right before he gets caught by the parademons. It just really bothered me. I think the designs in this movie are better than the designs in Flashpoint Paradox for me personally. I I like the animation style for every character uh, better in this one. Uh, Flashpoint Paradox. I didn't talk about. One of them's got a weird face in Flashpoint Paradox that I just couldn't stop looking at. Um, and this one, like everyone's everyone's designs look unique and kind of sleeker. Um, I really like how Victor kind of transforms, like slowly getting. Like slowly losing his mask throughout the movie. Down, yeah. Oh yeah, he starts yeah. as a big tank man. I love yeah. that. I love that idea so much. That's actually uh-huh. from the comic. Yeah. In the comic, that. it's not like that. And I'm like, that's a that's a change I'm behind. I like that idea. Yeah. Yeah. I actually I dug cyborg turning going from this big honking thing and slowly but surely slimming down into the cyborg we know we know today. Yeah. I yeah. actually really dug that. Uh, I wanted to comment on what Ben said. Uh, the the Superman thing. I get what you're saying. Uh, I slightly agree, but I also Superman didn't bother me because nobody else looked like him. Okay. Yes. So it's not like they were making him stand out for his power, and I'm like, I I can get behind that. Although I prefer how he looks in the comic, which he's not that bulky. Um, he's not like that. No, he's but, not. Uh, I I'm not a fan of that that uh, costume design. I'm specifically not a fan of that costume design when they make it the dark navy blue. Yeah. Brighter blue, because at least in the comic, it's the brighter, yeah. lighter blue, which works more for me. Uh, making it the dark navy blue really puts me off that costume entirely. Oh no, me, me too. I've I've always loved Superman with bright colors. And Wonder so. Woman, Wonder Woman gets a completely new design for this movie that's never been in the comics or I anything. Like I like it too. I, I like cool. it too. Here's my issue. I don't like that they specifically have a protester say she dresses like a whore, and I'm like, uh. no. No, yeah. if her cleavage was showing like it is in the comic, I'd be like, "Cool, say that line." I, it's a bad line. I it's like, a bad line. I like the idea behind it, where where he's actually really insecure because like he actually val- he wants to be like Wonder Woman. I get that. Me the whole line's bad. I think the idea behind it is good. Yeah. So I I I get behind it because Wonder Woman does her whole thing like, "Oh, I look power. I like feeling powerful too, man." Like, yeah, yeah. So like, I do agree. The whole line's in bad taste, but I do think the message behind it is good. For sure. I that's why I want to spotlight. I'm yeah. like, you didn't need to say that line because it doesn't. It doesn't translate yeah it just doesn't work even for the lead up to the to the payoff it doesn't mm-hmm. yeah, it doesn't have, land you could have said, said something different, different. yeah i agree. um i want to i want to want to real quickly uh alan tudyk is as be- superman in this yeah i like his yeah. voice i i, I like liked it, it 
Hey guys, would you believe Alan Tudyk's a good voice actor? Huh? Well, no, I'll tell like, you. I, I, what, what, what's I like him as a voice actor, real quickly. I want because I'm talking specifically about what Ryan Ryan is bringing. Alan Tudyk is a very great voice actor, but I've never seen him do this type of voice. Um, it kind of feels like. Uh, you know, it's not necessarily that it doesn't have range. It's just that I've never considered him as a Superman. It's uh, really, you should watch Doom Patrol or Harley Quinn because he does like 19 different voices. Right, but it's uh, it's reserved. Yeah. It's, reserved. it's yeah. more reserved than he usually does. He's usually uh, more eccentric mm-hmm. in whatever character he's playing. Which, even is, why, he which is why in Harley Quinn he's Joker. Which is why in Harley Quinn I like him as the Joker. Um, yeah, yeah. But in this one, like, I, yeah, solid, solid Superman. One of my favorites might be. It might be. Yeah. Uh, anyway, then. If I remember correctly, this is the only time he voices Superman because the voice actor changes in the other films. I think so, too. Which I really bums me out because after watching Justice League War for the first time, I was like, hey, Alan took a Superman. I can get behind it. And then I want to say, I don't know if it was Throne of Atlantis or another or whatever the next Justice League one that involves Superman. They changed the voice actor. I'm like, that's not Alan Tudyk. Where did Alan go? Yeah, not Superman. Um, I mean, don't get I, me wrong. The guy who replaces him isn't bad. It's just... I. I like Alan Tudyk as Superman, especially this I, Superman. I want to bring up, uh, we talked a little bit about how Jordan, I really like the uh, variety with Hal's constructs. Um, yeah. I think a lot of the time in animation, it kind of, people forget that Hal Jordan can make anything, but this one really like leaned into it. And I found that super refreshing as a Green Lantern fan. I thought it was a lot of fun seeing all the different constructs he would make. And one of my favorite bits with Hal Jordan is when he goes after Darkseid and gets pummeled into a wall and then the parrot demons just wail on him. (laughs) The best moment in this movie, that might be my best, the best moment out of this entire 15 movie franchise because Hal is so confident. He goes to Darkseid, he gets his, he gets the shit punched out of him and then a bunch of parrot demons are just going to kick out of him. This is like the third time in the movie. A nutshell. Like, <laughs> yeah. You're like, you this, is the, this is like the third time in a movie where Hal Jordan says, I'm gonna, he says it to Batman. He's like, I'm going to kick your ass because his ass kicked. He's like, yeah, let's go kick Superman's ass. Gets his ass kicked. And then Darkseid shows up. He's like, stand back. Green Lantern's got this. Gets bitch slapped. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, agreed 100%. Um, I was going to say about the constructs, uh, to the credit of the comic, they do a really good job of showing a lot of variety of his constructs there, but the movie definitely does more. Yeah. Um, and I really appreciated that. I, I love the crap out of that. Um, something the movie does that the comic barely touches on that I really liked is the Superman Wonder Woman romance stuff, mm-hmm. which I'm not crazy about that part of things, but I've accepted the new 52 Superman as a different Superman and, and all that. And I do like those moments. That is a, and as someone who did not want Superman and Wonder Woman together, uh, by the time that they had their own comic together, I shipped them because that's a good comic book. It is. Charles Soule. That's a good Charles Soule comic. Like that, that is. The sweet 12 issues where I shipped them and that's it. I, yeah, that I, was I, actually I, the one time in the Doofy 2 where I was like, wow, they're really trying something different here. Because you never. Signed by the artist in my room. Like it's, I love it. Nice. Well, now if we all remember, the New 52 Superman is actually Superman Red. So. <laughs> That, that whole sequence where they're saving Air Force One that's not in the comic yeah. is really cool. It yeah. is really cool. Um, the, there's, a line, there's a line that I wanted to highlight that I thought uh, is hysterical at, which is Hal Jordan's like, uh, I, I think it's over, guys. And, and Batman's like, I don't think so. What makes you say that? The water's on fire. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought that was great. Or even... I... Go ahead. No, one of the, the last uh, scenes in the movie was when the, the president's giving his speech and they're talking about it. And then uh, um, Batman's like, you mean where you totally botched my simple instructions and Wonder Woman led charge? Cyborg showed you the video. He emailed it to me. I hate you, Bats. <laughs> I, 
I yeah. freaking rewound that. I thought that was the funniest shit. I really like Jason O'Mara as Batman in this, to be honest. I think that he plays the dialogue he's given very, very well. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed all his interactions with the entire uh, team. Yeah. Um, uh, I definitely like when Hal is left to his own devices to form the plan. And uh, it's like, yeah, uh, yeah, I guess stab him in the eye. That sounds good. Do that. <laughs> I think the um, it's something that that I don't think enough comic book movies or TV shows really do, and it's coordination. Uh, 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 What's the word I'm thinking of? Coordination. Um, coordination between using your superpowers. Like, there's always a couple of heroes do using their powers in sync with each other. Like, there's a great scene where like some like uh, uh, cyborgs like shooting them. Flash is like uh, is punching them in circles. Batman's throwing things. Wonder Woman's throwing things. Like, using all your powers at once is always fun. And none of, it reminds me of Apocalypse, but a good version of uh, X Men Apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. When Batman uh, like attaches his utility belt with the jets on yeah, it and to it push him through yeah. the hole. Yeah. Exactly. Everyone else is doing yeah. everything they team can. Up, team up power stuff from like Marvel Ultimate Alliance too. Like team up fusion moves is what I love in, in these kinds of things. And you don't see enough of it. And the final battle with, with Darkseid is really, really good. Yeah. Really one, of the, cool. one of the things that I want that I really like about this movie is that, as Ryan said, the battle with Darkseid is really great. Um, the, the, the choreography is really fun. But what I really appreciate about it, it's not them, not, it's not them trying to defeat or kill Darkseid. It's trying their damnedest to get him through that boom tube. Just to yep. get him off planet because it's too too much yeah. and before that to just take out his eyes because yeah. those things are too powerful <laughs> uh -huh. yeah. I, I really i really like the i really like the kind of uh, like break from from the idea of like we got to beat him we got to kill him or whatever it's just like no just just get him through the boom tube because my do. god he can't get out <laughs> even though i've seen this movie uh like i know they defeat him but like at the end when cyborg couldn't open the boom tube and or, or get it to close and like and uh batman's booster stops working dark side gets out of it and he's slowly fighting back and i'm like ah oh, shit actually this is good like and i feel the tension i know they're gonna win but i feel the tension right yeah. um i feel the conflict and then cyborg wins and then superman wonder woman do their sweet double punches together and i'm like yeah yeah oh yeah the choreography punches yeah. those are cool <laughs> yeah and then uh and then uh, kryptonian you're coming with me i don't think so yeah. bam yeah uh when uh, so in the comic, Cyborg, once he becomes Cyborg, uh, he has a moment where he's facing off with his father and he says, um, you did this to me and he's very upset and he takes off. And then he kind of becomes a passenger to the technology and just kind of helping the Justice League because everything's happening. I like that in this film, they make it so that Billy keeps more of who Vic is present yeah. while he's being Cyborg because that's not there in the comic. Billy's, Billy, connection, to Billy's connection to him makes him more more victor stone yeah. in those moments and i really really like it yeah the stuff with, the stuff with uh victor at the beginning like you know being a football star the locker room the stuff. locker room stuff where billy's being a thief like I, all that stuff's really good and i never really liked billy's billy stuff in jeff johns's run like the, the extra stuff at the end i didn't really i never connected with it uh but again like now with fresh eyes and stuff like i like that character a little bit more i'm really curious if i go back after almost 10 years of not reading it if i would like that book more uh, yeah. than, than I did because I really I really like this these I, two movies I definitely like the the use of him in this movie here I really like the way all that's brought together mm -hmm. I, I I think it's worth losing Aquaman from the original comic version to have this yeah because yeah, he gets his own shit because he, yeah. uh, he makes Vic Stone feel so fleshed out in this film he keeps yeah, his humanity I 100% agree, yeah. <clears throat> agree. Um, okay should we move on to the next one hold on let me double check my notes I probably have one or two things Oh yeah, Superman just straight up straight up kills a dude. Oh, he kills Assad. That he does Assad. Yeah. yeah, that he doesn't do in the comic. Yeah, he does yeah. that here though. Uh, and I'm like, so Zack Snyder, watch this. Um, 
I, uh, okay, in, in defense, he was under the control of the apocalyptic technology, I guess. Like, because in the fight with Batman, he does say, you bruise, you don't kill, don't you, Clark? And then once like you saw Superman like start going crazy after he's getting infected with the apocalypse, and then he breaks the sod's neck. You made me you made me think of it, and that's a, a really good point. Um that uh in all uh it, <clears throat> sorry, Superman uh is charging towards Batman. This doesn't happen in the comics, but I liked it where he's like, uh, because you don't do that, right, Clark? And then he's like, All right, you made your point, Bruce. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Who's Bruce Wayne? Who the hell is Bruce Wayne? Yeah, that's a good moment. Yeah. Uh, I also this happens both in both, uh, but the moment where Batman pulls Hal aside and takes out his cowl and says, "I'm Bruce Wayne, my parents," blah blah blah. I really like that moment a lot. I think yeah. that's just writing. Yeah, again, going, uh, going, going back to the the Bruce <clears throat> and Hal stuff, like when they're in the sewer. One Batman goes into the sewer multiple times, and Hal's like, "What's with you in the sewers, bro?" Uh, but like Hal is, is like uh, fighting Batman, and then Batman just has the ring. Oh, so how does this work? He's like, "Wait, what? How'd you do that?" He's like, "Oh, there's no, there's a power button or anything like that," and like. Batman's so smooth. Well, also, what I really uh, like yeah. is that Batman, while the the, content, the they're got a contentious relationship, Batman is also trying to teach Hal because Hal's like you lost because when he takes the ring, he's like you lost your concentration, and multiple times like Jordan, keep concentrating. Yeah, Those know. contracts will still will stay if you concentrate. And right. like, Shut up. Yeah, it's good. Um, yeah, and he says that you and I are like the most normal of this bunch, <laughs> yeah. which is pretty good. Um, my one problem with the Batman Superman fight uh, in the apocalyptic layer where he's being taken over by all that technology is that he just suddenly isn't. We don't get the, you know, plot. Why, why was that happen? In, and it's not in the comic. That doesn't happen to him in the comic. Yeah. What happens in the comic is that they're doing all that to him. Bruce saves him and he says, I was seeing things from different universes and all that stuff. And that's it. Uh, so I kind of wish, like, I'm like, cool, you needed more Superman versus Batman action, I guess. Yeah. But... It didn't. They just suddenly come out of a boom tube, and they're both wearing some kind of apocalyptic piece of armor to travel through it, and they're fine. Yeah, and you uh, just reminded me of a plot point that was dropped in the New Fifty Two. Dark side, whether or not it was the main Dark Side or the Earth Two Dark Side, or they were the same person, was going through different parallel universes, killing Superman. Yeah, that was the plot of the New Fifty Two. Wait, Ooh. wait, what? Yeah. Wait, I I read that book. What are you talking about? No, the the Earth Two series. Oh, Earth Two. Okay, I was like, what's going on in Justice League? No, I think it was supposed to be the same Dark Side, though. I think Dark Side became this extra dimensional being instead of just an alien on a planet. Yeah, uh, and then Fifty Two. He's in the comics because that's like in the last issue of the comic. Superman specifically says, "I was seeing different universes. I saw a different version of myself." Shit, looks like that doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't go anywhere like, now. I forgot that too because I was reading that. And I'm like, damn! I didn't know that they said that kind of shit that early. Yeah. Uh, yeah. About other Supermen. Interesting. Anyway, um, all right. I so, really enjoyed it. That post credit scene with Orm is cool. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. I um, actually did not. I have. I didn't see the post credit scenes. I didn't know there were any. I once the credits rolled, I'm like, cool. That's it. Click. We're in the Marvel age, baby. The Orm. The Orm one is a mid credit sequence, so it doesn't. It's not quite at the end, but it's teasing. So, up. Throne of Atlantis, which is next year. Mm-hmm. So moving, so oh man, War of the Seven Seas never happened, did it? Anyway, no. um, so uh, this was the next one is Son of Bat, Son of Batman, which is an adaptation of the Grant Morrison comic Batman and Son. Um, is it? <laughs> kind of, I guess. 
It's more in line than Age of Ultron is with its comic. So okay. I'll say I'll say right up front, this is while I don't dislike this movie by any means, this is my least favorite of the three. Of the, yeah. Oh, yeah, same. Yeah. yeah. Um this is I think the other two are really good. I think this one's okay. It feels the most pedestrian. Yeah, it feels yeah. like yeah. And I, I've, I've, of all of us here, I think I've seen almost all of these DC animated movies. This is the one where I'm like, okay, this is how a lot of these feel. It's like this one. I That's, see. That is um, the style. The, the, it's the same Batman and same Damien for a lot of it. So my, my first note here is what a weird way to adapt the story. <laughs> it really is. Um, so my, while, so my biggest me. thing, my biggest thing is that uh, before I get into like comparing it to the comic, my biggest thing is that they take away the bite of Damien and they take away the bite of Talia. They're both just kind of clipped into PG thirteen super like family okay characterizations of themselves they're rather both, like, than jerks, right? Huge, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but but Damien, but Damien's like trying to to learn something and Talia's just still straight up a bad person in the comic and that's just out the window I, I haven't read that comic in there's no Slade um, what it is is Kurt, so Kurt, yeah that's the biggest change Kirk Langstrom is making the man bats for Talia yes she's just doing it to play a game with Bruce uh, to force him into agreeing to be a family unit and if he doesn't she's going to just blow up the british prime minister and a whole bunch of other people because nations are pawns as she said yeah i remember all the man bat stuff but i was like the deathstroke stuff i'm like man it's been a really long time since i read this book yeah, not, not one, so, so the biggest the biggest two things i remember from the comics are, are are the fact that slade is not a part of this series and the fact that he's in this movie is just plain weird um and in um it because the new 52 didn't retcon any of grant morrison's stories uh it created a weird continuity where man bats had existed before Kirk Langstrom became a man bat, which man. was, which was adopted for this movie. Again, it's, and it's, that's it's, weird. It's a new 52 thing where half the continuity is new, but you keep the Batman and green lantern continuity. So yeah. these just aren't lining up anymore because they wanted to satisfy Jeff Johns and Scott Snyder. So like, right. Things are just showing up. In different so, places. so when it opens up, Batman uh, had just like cleaned up Gotham almost entirely. And so he's told in the comic, you should go on a, on a vacation. And he goes to the UK. And while he's there, he almost immediately runs into Kirk Langstrom. And Alfred's like, oh, that's, that's probably a coincidence. It could possibly be anything about it. It's like, well, vacation's over. Oh, um, yeah, and, he's, and he's attempting to learn. There's, there's a lot of really good stuff. So this is just four issues. It's well worth going back to if, if you ever wanted to, because it's really just the first two issues involve a lot of Alfred just trying to teach Bruce how to be Bruce Wayne again. Yeah. Because Bruce has just totally forgotten. He's like, stop using the gravelly voice. Because Bruce is just trying to be <laughs> so like the funny Alfred, Playboy, but he's a lot like, of that in the book. Yeah, yeah. Really um, well, uh, one of my favorite, my favorite Alfred is snarky Alfred. And one of the things I loved about Grant Morrison is that, and Scott Snyder, by the way, Scott Snyder turned up the snark though. Um, but yeah, uh, but Grant Morrison had a really great Alfred, I felt. And uh, this book, this movie, uh, Alfred's also my favorite part. I think he's a lot of fun. <laughs> Yeah. She's got um, a lot of great lines. Oh yeah. So Talia uh reveals she she has the man bats bring Batman to her and that's how she reveals that he has a son and uh she wants him to t to teach him. Mm -hmm. Uh while and and like the whole plot point of Rachel Ghoul being dead is a thing but it's not important. Important. 
um it's important late and later in the arc sure okay. sure but like the only way it's important is that she's like i decided to take this opportunity to make us a family yeah uh, and that's and that's kind of it. There's a whole comic plot point where Damien kicks the shit out of Tim, uh, and oh. says, "I'm you don't need him. I'm he, you don't need some adopted kid. I'm your son. I'm, your son. I'm Robin now." Uh, and I like that whole. That's what I mean by like Damien doesn't have his bite in this movie. Is that he's he's trying to earn something. He's trying to prove something to Bruce, and he's doing it in the only way he knows how. Biden. But he he also doesn't understand that that way in Bruce's eyes is wrong. Yeah. And there's like this whole interaction where like he has no respect for Alfred, he has no respect for anybody, and for then Dan, Batman yeah. like pulls out his whole like uh martial arts sensei way of speaking down to Damien. He's like you're disrespecting everything and it puts Damien in a different place with him. And then from there on he's trying to earn the respect of Bruce because he sees him as a viable like teacher so uh, the, i so wish what, that more of that sense was in the film so one of the things that i actually did like about this film uh adapting from the comic is <clears throat> something that I, I i didn't realize i wouldn't mind as much erasing jason and tim just having dick be robin just having nightwing having been a robin and then introducing damien i think that's a very efficient way to adapt the story it's very uh, clean. it's clean yeah yeah it's very clean it's very much like you know what in order to introduce a new Robin, all you all all you really have to need is Dick Grayson. Yeah, right. And I think and, that was efficient. And it's not saying they never existed; it's just not showing them. It's like he this was the previous Robin. Now he's grown up. There yeah. could have been other Robins. We don't know about it, but yeah, it's cleaning it up to say this was this is this could be you. Like that's just that's all you needed. Yeah, yeah. And and I I don't mind losing the Tim being beat up by Damien stuff because I understand that for the film. You need to, to make Damien more likable because by the end of the film, they want Damien to stick around. At the end of those four issues, Damien doesn't stick around. He has to come back later. Yeah. Um, Batman Batman isn't sure if he's alive or dead uh, when that those yeah. four issues I end. do like when, when we first see Dick Grayson, when they first meet. Uh, they don't. You don't see the fight. I wish we would have saw the fight, but you do see the aftermath, and Dick is cut to shreds. Yeah. That, just to show you, because Dick Grayson is arguably as good as a fighter as Bruce, if not better, uh, that Damien has some serious skill. Yeah, and Dick just got his ass kicked, and I'm like, "That's cool. I like that. I like that. It's a nice way to not show the fight to show like shit happens, still." Right. Um, one of the things that I wanted to touch on in 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 the now it's been a while since I read Grant Morrison's Batman run, uh, so admittedly, uh, my memory could be a little spotty. Now, however, I don't think Talia raped Batman. You're no, she he was under he was under the influence of stuff. I remember, I remember the story, and it's been a while. I remember the story pretty clearly that because Bruce and Talia do have a love affair, that they that they spent a night together and it was completely consensual between the two of them. Whereas in this movie, it's kind of implied that Talia drugged him. In the in the comics, Batman references, "I remember the night when you drugged me." He essentially oh, I said see. that. So okay. that that's said in those four issues. Okay. To her. I want to say it, it then either, I retract it. It's either the reverse. Either it originally was supposed to be like regular consensual, and then it got turned into not, or vice versa. Mm -hmm. But there was definitely an aspect where Talia wanted to make the greatest human being alive, and that's using Bruce Wayne as a as a body. Yeah. yeah. Um, the voice of Rachel Ghoul is um, uh, Carlo, Carlos Desposito. Uh, Giancarlo. Yeah. Giancarlo. Yeah. Uh, Giancarlo Esposito. He's great. Uh, yeah, he's great. He's, He's great as, as racial. In Harley? 
I think he's Lex Luthor and Harley Quinn. He only shows up. I think so. Like one episode. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure he's. Uh, yeah, Giancarlo rules. All the time. Um, ben, you've been silent for a while. Uh, I this movie's not. It's kind. Of, it's middle of the road. It's mediocre. This is where like, I haven't. I've never read Son of Batman. I never read Grant Morrison's Batman at all. So for me going into this, I was completely blind. Like I didn't know Deathstroke wasn't in the book. I didn't know uh, Talia and Damien were toned down a whole lot compared to the comic book uh, counterparts. Because you guys all know, I'm not a big fan of Damian Wayne, especially in his beginning years as Robin. Because you know he's a he's a prick, he's an asshole. And I think this is what like when this movie first came out, and I heard about Son of Batman, I was like, okay, I mean this is cool, but I think this is where I started my fear of oversaturation of Batman. Yeah, um, I will I will add that Damian is my favorite Robin. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, he, if, that's cool. That's totally cool. And uh, part of it is because of, of the original story that this is based on. Um, so I, I I didn't quite understand what I was not getting from from Damien in this movie. It was very hard for me to be like, there's just something not clicking. And Sparks was very good to pinpoint it. It is that yeah, they, he is toned down. He is a watered down version of himself. Like he is still snarky and disrespectful, but like <laughs> the levels he is in the comic, like that's what makes his character arc so much better in the comic. Cause like he has so much, he's his great, his fall from grace is so much. Starker. Oh, hold up, hold up, hold up. I, I think I remembered a scene where I was just like, um, cause Jason Amara, I mean, he's fine as Batman, but whoever voice, uh, whoever voiced Damien, I get that there are times where he was trying to act like so smug, like the scene where he shows up in Bruce's office at Wayne, at Wayne tower. And he's like, your, uh, things are down. If just for some reason, I don't know if the, it's just something like, I get he's, he's talking down to everyone, but at the same time, it's like, you can put a little more emotion in there, maybe? It just felt, it just felt flat. Like, he knows that like, he's better than anyone, but at the same time, it's it's like, oh, yeah, I'm better than one. But it's like, you're, he's just so, feels so emotionless sometimes. I the only time I feel like he shows true emotion is when he's fighting Deathstroke to save his mom. Hmm. I will argue that he was, this is a fictional character, he doesn't exist, but... True. Uh, he was raised by murderous assassins his entire life. I think his emotional range is a little stilted or stunted okay. compared to also Batman's not exactly an emotional guy, is he? No, no that's true. So um, you know, I, I think, yeah. uh, you know, Ryan, Ryan made a good point about he was raised by, by assassins, assassins that go down like punks. So uh, uh, <laughs> a, a big problem I have comparing is Talia is kind of depicted as an affectionate mom mm-hmm. to Damien in yeah. this. There's a lot of love there yeah. implied, and that is not at all part of that comic story. Um, Talia is the villain, not Slade, uh, yeah. for starters, in that four-issue arc, and it's her intent that Damien will ultimately decide to uh, want to earn Bruce's love and respect so much that he will tell her what she's doing, her evil plan, so that they'll end up there so that she can force Bruce to become part of the family. Yes. And what I was going to say is that what that happens in the comic is that Damien is a more interesting and complex character because of the fact that you get, he has never had a parental model in his life. All he is, is assassin. And he is seeking that parentage. He doesn't have it in his mom. That's not something that's present in the movie. In the movie, he has a good mom. That's kind of how it is. What's super interesting because there, obviously we have a bunch more Batman animated movies to watch in those other movies, Talia is horrible. Sure. So it's very interesting to me that they she turns into a comic asshole, where in this movie she's not, because she should be from the beginning. Right. And so then, it's super and, interesting. Movie, she's straight up just jerk, a jerk. What I thought was really funny is that as soon as Bruce, as soon as like 
this is your son. And then the next scene is peace out. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> right. I was like, wait, that's, hold on. That's the only amount of callousness she's given. Yeah. Everything else is, you know, like, uh, you can choose to come with me, Damien, or you can stay with Bruce. He's like, I want to be like father. And she's like, make him great. Okay. This, this isn't Talia. This isn't. And what it does is it robs Damien of being complicated. It robs Damien of coming from a place of like, I have no sense yeah. of, of morality or anything beyond the assassin life yeah he beheads the spook uh who batman's chasing in the comics in order to impress him yeah and this is not that damien this is not a damien who's seeking love he's just seeking revenge for rachel ghoul mm-hmm. and that doesn't tell the same story it's interesting um, again because i do think the other movies taught going directly to what you're talking about but it's funny because it's stuff that should be addressed in this movie and not brought up in the sequel movies and even it's weird and even being different from the comic with slade as the villain i wish that slade were pushing more of that narrative on damien so that those stakes felt more personal and it felt like slade was trying to push that out uh like make damien feel like he's missing something because of it he refers to bruce as sperm donor at one point and i wish there was more of that attitude in the way he addressed damien i wish he was targeting him for like neither of your parents even want you yeah, and uh, who has relationship with the Teen Titans, he can make a joke about Robin like you're not the first Robin I've tried to kill or something. Sure, to show they have history. Yeah, well, but the the idea is that Slade is is kind of new in this universe. Why is that? Oh, that's true. That's right. Okay, and right. and so like that's yeah. what I that's what I don't really appreciate having Slade's inclusion in this. I don't I don't think Slade's origins should be tied to the League of Assassins or Bat- or Batman. Yeah. I don't think Batman. his plan is good. No, I don't think so. Either. <laughs> It's right. it's it's just bleh. It's just taking uh, the league to be powerful. Yeah, and that's because comic. But I do like um I do find the ending to be pretty satisfying as far as the emotional weight of Bruce holding Talia's almost lifeless body and then yeah. deciding to resurrect her. I think that's a good moment, a good character I, moment. Yeah, I do too. And I, I also like the escape sequence, but I'm just a sucker for cool escape sequences. No, yeah. I, I, think, I think the action, for the most part, is pretty good. Um, yeah. It is. I think, I think I'm always a fan of ninjas. I'm always a fan of giant Batman. So ninja Batman, uh, I think the last the last scenes. Man, cool. when they're yeah. all stuck in the thing, and then and then they all like, uh, and then they all get eaten like by by like sharks. Oh yeah. Uh, Those are like Jesus. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, uh, but, yeah. and then uh, and then t- and then Dick. Like throws the the antidotes at them in the sky, and they're all falling to their death in the oh, ocean. Yeah. There's water, or else they'd be they'd be splatted. Um, yep. I think this is the most bored I've ever been watching something with Slade Wilson. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, and, and, and I just like he's not given character substance. He doesn't again. He, he's also the like you said the bite. Like the bite is taken out of Slade because Slade is definitely one of like the the gnarliest dudes in DC. That dude will kill a fool like nobody's business. Yeah. Uh, he definitely seems watered down. Um. Yeah, and I think I think they get more they get more intense the the further these movies go along because my memory my memory on the other movies is much stronger than this one is, uh, so I think that's probably a good sign. I hope. Um, all right, uh, Sparks, do you have any more notes you want to add before we move on? Yeah, yeah. Um, I just have a fun fight between Damien and Discount Wolverine. <laughs> oh yeah, hmm. that was a fun. Is fight. that Bronze Tiger? No, that was. Ugly. I don't know. I don't know. Have the 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 wolf. Yes, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, was that ours right here? I could swear that was Ron Steiger. I'm. I think so too, but I can't figure it out. Okay. So the one part uh, in the film that I think doesn't work to the like 
what what it is in the comics where he beats up Tim Drake and everything is I don't feel like there's any power or weight to the moment when Damien appears in the Robin outfit. Oh yeah, like it's, it's not given, like it's not given the moment that it deserves. Whereas in the comic, it's he just beat up Tim Drake and Batman doesn't know it yet. And he's like, you don't need him. I'm the new Robin. What up? It, they, it's like a heroic shot, but it's not earned. It's just like, it's there it is. That's yeah, awesome. yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, I do think that the character designs are really solid throughout. Uh, like, visually, I really like the way they did Damien's outfit and everything. I like Batman. I like Batman's look Same, a lot. same. Um, I Agreed. like Damien learning from Batman on the job uh to get to langstrom that's something that isn't present in the comic stories because that's not something bruce is trying to do in the moment but i like those aspects of it um i just wish that some of the other stuff around it was more earned but i do like batman doing that with him um batman being uh protective and hiding the bloody bedroom from damien i thought was a really cool moment yeah Uh, great uh the handoff uh uh from langstrom's langstrom's daughter to uh damien rebecca uh, and says don't tell don't tell batman uh this is why we were spared that kind of thing i'm like that's really cool i like that kind of stuff that's really solid um damien swimming to the oil rig is so extra (laughs) (laughs) he's 50 miles he can never swim here and he just just pops up it's like of course he can because he's freaking rob or he's damien wayne he's like i am the i am rachel although there was a good no Um, there was one good moment i wanted to talk about when they're in the the bat plane of uh, like when he when they're going to go rescue uh, Rebecca and and her mom, and he mentions how he climbed a mountain but broke his wrist and still did it, and he's like, really? He's like, yeah, I'm this grandson of Rachel Ghoul. It was expected of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's good. It's and then really- and then Bruce's Bruce's comment like, is that the only life you've known? Like something like that. It was really really solid. Mm-hmm. And I just wish more of that was present in him as a character. Yeah. Uh, while his showdown with Slade at the end is really badass, and I like that he refuses to kill Slade, I wish he had done something earlier to earn the turnaround of that moment. I don't know if he needed to kill someone, but maybe he did. No, maybe he if, frankly did, because that's how it is no, in the comics. Because he does kill someone in the comic, and you he I, kills he kills the spook. I think you do need to show Damien is willing to do that, and how Batman. Like, that is the it. opposite of who he is as a person. That's his child. It's what tri- it's important to them. Yeah, it triggers Batman to be the parent that yeah. he needs to be. I He's think, like, I yeah. need to, I need to help you. I need to guide you. I need to fix this. Uh, and I think that Damien's the weight uh, of Damien making that choice not to kill Slade is lost because we haven't seen Damien actually actually go commit murder yeah. yeah it's it reminds me of injustice injustice too and mm-hmm. stuff like where damien joins the bad guy he just straight he's a teen he's like, like an older teenager that's killing people and batman's like i failed you son i'm so sorry and i'm like i damien could go very different ways uh yeah. and i'm very excited for the future of these movies because i'm a big damien wayne fan i know you are brandon um i do think he is one of these standouts in these series of batman movies whether they're good or bad uh he's always good to me overall so, like this is very watered down yeah all right so uh that'll and, do it uh, I was gonna ask, who does Damien kill in Batman Robin? Uh, Tomasi's run, uh, the beginning of the movie. Oh, too. um, the the dude with the four eyes turned him yeah, into No, nobody. Yeah. I, I think, think his so. name was. I think I, I think it was nobody. I sh- I should still have those issues somewhere. I was, if I ever find them, I'll look them up. Um, as my favorite Batman run is Grant Morrison's Batman and Robin, where Dick Grayson is Batman. Um, I love that, and the 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 little seconds we saw of Dick and Damien together just makes me really excited to watch that movie when they are together because mm-hmm. uh, that's my favorite stuff. Um, their dynamic is the opposite of Batman and Robin. Batman's the happy one, and Robin's the sullen one. That's so fun for me. Um, I can't wait to get some of that stuff. That's great. Um, okay, so next week we will talk about the next three. 
uh, Justice League, Throne of Atlantis, Batman versus Robin, and Batman Bad Blood. Oh, um, so so look, I so look out for those. Um, shall we get into our book club then? Yes. Spark it in the gear. Let me go to the bathroom real quick. <laughs> hey, welcome to the Fake Nerd Comic Book Store. Can I help you find anything today? Yeah, hi. Um, do you have any books? Can you be more specific? Um, anything readable? All right, so this week, uh, it was my turn. I picked uh, Richard Stark's Parker, as adapted by Darwin Cook. Uh, he, he adapted and illustrated this uh, the novel Rich, uh, Parker, the Hunter, into a graphic novel form. Um, so what did you guys think of this one? Uh, I didn't know that Darwin Cook was working on John Wick projects before John Wick. <laughs> a little bit, right? Uh, this, yeah, I can see how this could be a uh, proto John Wick. In a certain sense, yeah. Yeah, uh, Ben. Oh, I loved it. Yeah, I absolutely Darwin Cook's style. Like we've always talked about how Darwin Cook's drawing style, like those um, uh, variants he did for where he did all the characters like they were in the fifties. Yeah. Yeah. Like his drawing style just fits that era of um, of, a, 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 of of history, like the fifties and the sixties. It just fits, and it yeah. was it was beautiful. It was brutal. It was a really good crime story. It was like it, it reminded me of a good noir tale, but you weren't you're not rooting for the detective to figure. It's not like a um, black sad or black sand. The what was it? Sparks the one we wrote with the cat. Black sad. You're right. Black Side, yeah. It wasn't like Black Side where he's a detective and he's trying to figure out a crime. He is the criminal and he's out to just wreck everyone's shit because they crossed him and he's like, I gotta kill him. And you I'm don't gonna... get you don't get this guy's face until page twenty. No, yeah. you don't. Uh, Ryan, what did you think of it? Now that you're back this, from the great. Um I like this book a lot. Uh I this is I saw the movie before I read the comic, there's a 1999 movie called Paycheck, or excuse me, Payback with uh, Mel Gibson, uh, Mel Gibson, whatever. That's a great movie uh, about a Parker trying to get money back from a bunch of jerks, and he's a jerk just killing fools. It's it's a lot of fun. So lot I'm of really fun. I'm really glad he brought up the movies because th- that's actually not the first and only time this particular novel was adapted into a movie. Um, there are seven, I think, Jeez. movies based off of Richard Stark Parker, and but not. Is a Jason Statham one. Yeah, none of them, none of them have, none of them are allowed to use the name Parker. No, except Por- what, was, uh, they call them Porker or no. There's there's Walker. There's something. There's, uh, none of them are allowed to use the name Walker uh, Parker except for the Jason Statham one, and that's only because he died before the Jason Statham one came out. Dang, dude. His name's Porter. Porter, yeah. So they Mal, all find Mal. It's Val. Yeah, so they all try to. They all try to. Uh, so that this this book has been adapted a couple of times. His story has been adapted a few times, um, but the writer of the series loved this book so much that he gave Darwin Cook his blessing to do the next three, um, which I also own. And he was supposed to do more, but sadly, Darwin Cook passed away before that could happen. Because yeah. yeah, there Darwin, are 24, tar, 24 books in the series. Darwin Cook's uh, art style is fantastic. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and it's the first time I've ever seen him draw uh, uh, mature stuff. Like, so it's really interesting to see his, like, you know, the new frontier stuff that I'm so used to, like, the boobies and stuff. And, like, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, shit, Darwin. I, I mean, I knew you could do this. It's, 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 weird. it's like seeing, like, someone you knew from a little kid, like, become an adult. You're like, oh, wow, you're an adult. Wow. <laughs> oh, Darwin. Yeah. I, I, love, I love the color scheme in this one, how it's not really color. 
Um, it, like it's noir black and white-ish. Like noir black and white, but there's some dark purples and yeah, like a lot blue. of a lot of watercolors. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was such a unique style for him. And obviously it is his style. And I'm a huge fan of his artwork. So I picked it up purely because of that. Um, but I really, really liked this. And I, I love how the beginning of it, you kind of see him searching for this dude. And then the next chapter, we see why. Yeah. yeah. And I'm glad that they waited that long to show us why. It's um, impressive uh, how many people he draws that are... You know, they can all easily just be interchangeable dudes, but he's able to make them look not only like distinct, but also like they can still be real people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Like I never get confused about who I'm looking at. No. Yeah, exactly. I I, I thought that the the character designs are really, are really, um, are really nice. And Parker himself uh, is such an asshole, but you, you want him to be. Yeah. Um, first of all, I forgot that this, that, uh, the Parker novels, uh, and the movies that I've seen are based off a bad guy. So the first time he calls Lynn a whore or a slut, and I'm like, is this our hero? He punches his wife the first time he sees him. Yeah. And I'm, and and, yeah, like, again, like you first see him on eight page 20 and I'm still like halfway through the first issue or or first book. And I'm like, is, is this a bad guy? And then I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs) I've seen this movie. He's out to get money. Oh my God, he's an asshole. And then I'm like, oh, this book's so cool. I love when antagonists are the protagonists. I I had no idea what was going on. Like at first when he like, he's like, he gets like that driver's license. He writes down a name and he's crinkling it up and he's going to different banks to try and, uh, to essentially steal money from whoever that guy is. And then when he finally sees Lynn and he's, I was like, did he just punch? I didn't know she was his wife until much later. But yeah. like that first interaction, I'm like, what is their relation? Did she cross him? But what I didn't like where she says, I, I will only love you. And it's like, no, you don't. And then she kills herself in the freaking the next page yeah. over. It's like, what? He tells the? her to kill her to kill himself, right? Yeah, yeah. she earlier in the conversation he says, Take more pills. Yeah, take more pills. And she's like, I'm a coward. <laughs> Man, yeah. rough, rough, rough. And, and then she does he's it. like, Will you stay here? Will will you stay with me? And he's like, That tree is dead. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Fuck this tree! And then goes lays on a couch, and she goes to him anyway. And I'm like, oh, Liam, oh, baby. No, yeah, she doesn't. Does he's it? imagining it. Oh, is that, a- that, that that he's like, I fear her, and that makes him panic and get up. Oh. And so then he goes to check on her, and she killed okay, herself. Okay, because I saw like like the black silhouette of her. I thought like that's yeah. like her coming to him in like his imagination, his oh, okay. dreams. Like she's encroaching. I thought on. they banged, and then she killed herself. Oh, nope. No, bang because I, he. Yeah, it's so sad. Uh-huh. And First, you talk about like how he's how he's also like. He'll have a lot of sex right after a job, but then he'll it, then he'll slowly get worse and worse oh, yeah. until he has no no sex. Bunch of money as a criminal, so his 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 like libido is like huge. And then once he runs out of money, he's like he has to do a job again, and then he's flaccid. And I'm yeah. like, what a what a what a guy, man. I, I really I really like the the reveal of the betrayal of Lynn. How Lynn how Lynn does betray because at the first one, like, oh Lynn, maybe you did deserve to get punched. And then, <laughs> and then and then it's revealed that she was at gunpoint and i was like oh lynn you didn't yeah. deserve to get punched no yeah or or kill yourself yeah. with pills or oh. be assaulted by mal or have your face cut up in the bushes yeah oh, yeah God. oh man it was it was the face getting it was cutting up the face in the bushes when i realized that this dude was not a good guy because yeah. up until that point i was like okay he's he's an asshole but he's you know he's doing this for virtuous reasons right to save his they girl and then he cuts out. the girl up and i'm like Oh no! Like what? Oh no! When, when Parker's walking by those two cops, and they're like, "Well, they cut up the face just so they don't get the, the they don't get them in papers." And I'm like, 
he's so cold uh when uh he goes to rose and forces her to make the call that will ruin her life oh yeah because of it she pulls her up by the hair me yeah uh i have to run now you were gonna kill me either way and now i just get a head start yeah just bad people doing bad things yeah. makes me feel bad. When he goes back to, I love when he goes back to Stegman. Stegman's just like stepping out for a cigarette, and then all of a sudden he hears, "I thought you said no more favors," and then shoots him in the back of the head. Oh and he's God. like, "You should have kept your word." Yeah. No. One of my favorite parts is when Parker goes to. I mean, obviously he gets his hands on Mal. Like seeing Mal, like seeing how both men get to that point in the um in the penthouse is yeah. actually pretty like intense. Like seeing how Mal went from like going up and then like constantly trying to go sleeping with girls and getting inside with the with the outfit as they call it and then freaking uh when parker goes to the um carter the investment guy yeah and straight up lays it out and is like this is what's going to happen if it doesn't you're dead it's so cool oh yeah these pages yeah 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 I, it felt like when we got to the cityscape, it's like I could hear the saxophone playing off of a New York City uh, balcony. Yeah, same. Uh, this was a this was a lot of fun. Uh, really, really great noir graphic novel. And you know, sometimes when they adapt uh, uh, novels, it, the adaptation misses something because you're losing a lot of pages. But I think just having Darwin Cook be free to do this whole book uh, just made you feel like you're reading a complete story. I know before when we've read really, really wordy comics, Brandon, you come to comics to read comics, not to read novels. Yeah. There are several pages in here that are just straight up, just pages of, of words. Uh, yeah. You're totally cool. You're cool with that? In, the, in this case, yes, because there's a lot of time where he takes out the words and just lets the pictures, just lets the story be told through the images. It's like half of it, it's just it's just art. And then a lot of it, it's just dialogue. Yeah, and so the ju- the just dialogue are stuff that would have been narrate- narrated pages anyway, uh, because it's all flashback sequences, um, and it's all exp- exposition. Is when it when it is just just dialogue pages, um, which I've never been a problem with. My issue is always when the dialogue bubbles become the entire like become the entire panel, and that's the only thing that we see, and the artwork gets lost in the in the in the in the 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 wordy dialogue. But something like this where 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 Darwin Cook is able to uh, do the artwork like almost next to the images, much like um, Bendis did when he did uh, when he did Ultimate Spider-Man. That stuff I don't have a problem with. Okay. Yeah, um, I really like that they kept it a third-person narration rather than trying to make Parker the narrator. Yeah, uh, as would be like a typical handling of uh, of crime comics, but also just film noir. Yeah, um, yeah. I I, uh, I thought this was, this book was a lot of specifically go ahead no i guess fun is not the right word to say but i enjoyed this a lot no it's a it's a it's an enjoyable you know there's a reason why we like these kind of stories like it's an enjoyable uh play out of the the revenge story and uh just you know it's fun it is fun to read like scuzzy bad guys that you can enjoy watching be bad guys yeah uh even though like because the other thing is that most of the time he's still taking out other criminals other bad dudes um but he he's not a good person it's it's people uh, it's people worse than him what i was gonna say the reason i appreciate that they don't try to push uh first person narration is because i like that we're never allowed in parker's head yeah, yeah. prefer to stay out of it yeah 
Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. Um, Treats everyone yeah. like crap. Those whole opening uh, pages that are just art and everyone he encounters, he treats like shit. Yeah. Oh, but, like the waitress at the diner? And Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. Um, there's, there's the, to go back to what Ryan asked me about the, about the, about the dialogue, uh, the wordy, the wordy dialogue is that, um, like we said in the, in the exposition, um, the artwork is never lost. The artwork is always front and center, even though yeah. he is adapting a, a, a wordy novel. Um, the, he still finds ways to make it so that the artwork tells the story, uh, that is being told on the page. So if you didn't, uh, if you didn't read the words, you still get what yeah. is happening in the story. For um, sure. And I think that's just a talent that Darwin Cook has. He's Absolutely. such a brilliant artist. That's 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 the sign of honestly of, of a good artist. Yeah, like you should be able to take away the words and still know what's going on. Right. For sure. Uh, right. Not that, that doesn't work for every context, of course, but like storytelling works. It's, it's just like film. Like if you didn't have a sound for a film, you should still know what's going on. Right, uh, exactly. Yeah, Darwin Cook is, is a master of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all but, right. I'm glad you picked this because it, as much as I don't like Mel Gibson, uh, I don't want to watch that Jason Statham Parker movie, but I know Payback's a freaking awesome movie. And I'm like, oh my God, I could totally watch a jerk be a jerk for two hours again. I yeah, can do it. Might as I well. do it. Um, yeah, so that, that that's all I got. Do you guys have any more you want to add or should we move on? Move right. out. No, this was... Um, uh... All right. Uh, so next week it is Sparks' book club. We'll tell you later. All right. Um, okay, so stay tuned for that. And like we said, next week we'll be talking about the next three uh, in the DCAMU um, part two: it's Justice League: Throne of Atlantis, Batman vs. Robin, and Batman: Bad Blood. Um, if you guys w- want more of us, uh, please lick, click. Don't lick. Don't lick your screen. Please right. click like and subscribe. Uh, definitely subscribe to this channel uh, for more t- for more stuff like Fake Nerds Watch. We have a Fake Nerds Watch series where we just talk about that, which we basically have after shows of uh, multiple television shows. So if you're going through Dark. a bunch of shows, what? Dark Crystal. Dark Crystal. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like Dark, we uh, we just put up our Star Wars, The Clone Wars, The Siege of Mandalore uh, uh, look back, uh, those four episodes where we talk about that. Um, so you can check that out now on the channel. And we also have, we're continuing through Mortal Kombat 9 on Basement Arcade, which is our other show on this channel. So stay tuned for more stuff more there. um we also have a funk we are a funko affiliate you can click we have an affiliate link in the link and we have an affiliate link in the description of this video you're right and the audio if you're listening to this on the audio uh you can use promo code shop 10 by clicking the link in the description for 10 percent off your purchase they're coming out with some mythology pops that Kraken looks kind of cool. Just saying. Um, we also have they have a Patreon. We have we have a Jesus. We have a Patreon. <laughs> we have a Patreon account. We have a T Public account. Again, we got some masks on T Public. But if you want uh, officially licensed Crafted by Z Fake Nerds podcast mask, you can go to Crafted by Z, which I'll link in the description below. Um, they are not available how- yet. However, you can keep checking back to the site um, while we figure out until we, we get those listed. So. Stay tuned there. Um, our team public has a bunch of cool stuff. There are there are masks, like I said. Uh, Don't be a dick. Mythelaneous. Silverman Proctologist has a shirt up there. Uh, Basement Arcade's got a shirt. A lot of cool stuff. And uh, you can find those links in the description below. Uh, subscribe to our Patreon if you'd like to support us. Uh, we also have a 
But if you if you guys want to, just go to our website, www.fakenerdpodcast.com. You can find everything that we do, uh, one easy landing page. Thank you to everyone who's watched this video. Thank you to everyone who uh, watches it afterwards. Thank you to everyone who listens to it on the on the uh, uh, audio stream. Uh, we always appreciate uh, everything you guys do for us. Uh, even a listen, even a like, even a subscribe. That's all you got to do to support us. Um, thank you to Jeremy Vellucci, who does who does our um, theme song and our intro musics. Um, if you are listening to those, if you're listening to those on the audio feed, those are those are where those are. Uh, you won't find them on these live shows. Um, you can find him on Instagram at Jeremy Vellucci Keyboards. He also has a podcast called Suburban Proctologist. You can find that on iTunes or YouTube. You can find that at Facebook.com slash Suburban Proctologist Official or Instagram at Subproc Podcast. Thank you to Mike Matola. Mike, you're great. We love you. Yeah. Um, you can find uh, he does. He did our logo. Sorry. He did our logos for Miscellaneous and Fake Nerd Podcast. Um, you can find him at Mike Matola on Instagram and Twitter. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of Fake Nerd Podcast, fakenerdguys at gmail.com. Uh, I'm at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. Ben? You can f- find me at BenMagic27 on both Instagram and Twitter. And you can also find me writing for OldSchoolGamerMagazine.com, where I talk about a whole bunch of old school video games. Sparks? Uh, you can find me sharing links about how you can help the Black Lives Matter movement at Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter, S-P-A-R-K-Z Witty. I'm going to take a quick moment just to tell you we've had a lot of fun here today, but systemic racism is a problem in America. There's a lot that can be done to help Sweating. out and all the places that you can find that. I've linked some, but there's plenty of them out there everywhere. And you should be doing so because if we can get the Sire Cut released, then we can demand basic human Silence rights. is complicit. Okay, thank you for that. I was gonna. I I was. I wanted to. We can't. We can't ignore what's happening. Silent is being complicit. Save. Save your friends. Uh, Ryan, don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. Uh, you can find me at DJ Tony Snark everywhere. If you want to follow me on Twitch or YouTube, type in DJ Tony Snark six one six. Playing video games. I'm gonna try to play more of that. I got a sweet new TV that almost broke because my because my cat. I'm really excited about that. Uh, DJ Tony Snark gets it. It's me. Bye. Alright, uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Rate and review wherever you get us. Until next week, guys. Black Lives Matter.